a giant pile of stupidity. Looks like you found Common Man and T-Bone. Big Husky Kid. I think this is a team on the com. I just, uh, why did I say that? Uh, <laughs> oh, you know what I mean. <laughs> They're not ready I do know what for mean. a deep run this year. God, I hate that word. Why do I want to watch Jizz Horncamp play soccer all of a <laughs> sudden? It's just out of Stop nowhere. It. I Let's just really want to watch some this, soccer. This can't go any further. Produced by Panama Ted. Too hot. Featuring Leanna Ray on traffic. How the f*** did I end up here? And a plethora of sounds that make no sense. Hey, me a stick of bubble. For what? Time to penetrate your ear hole. This is Man and Bone. <laughs> Happy Friday. Welcome in. Hello, Bone. Hello, man. Uh, we have a big show today. It's Tool of the Week Friday. Send in your Twitter tools now. At Man and Bone 971, your chance to win fabulous prizes. Yay! Yay! I'll tell you where I am right now. What are we yaying about? I'm going to tell you where I am right now. I'm feeling sorry for myself. Allow me some self-loathing on the show today. Okay, go which right normally ahead. doesn't happen. Normally I'm chipper. Uh, sure. What are, you, what are you self-loathing about? Well, I'm sitting there last night. I'm watching the jackets on TV. Need I say more? Uh, that's a bad start, yeah. And I realize that the highlight of my evening, watching the Columbus Blue Jackets, is seeing Rimmer's new Buyer's Imports commercial. Oh, I haven't seen this and yet. And saying, you know what, that was actually pretty good. Because Rimmer plays different versions. You know what it's like? It's like the clumps. It's like Eddie Murphy where he's at the dinner table playing everybody. Rimmer did his version of the clumps. Badly. Well, but... but he, did he also do that in uh, Nutty Professor? Or was that? Or is that well, what the clumps... That's yes, what that's, the clump family the is from. Okay, okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Got it. But it was good. It was fine. But that's what I decided was the best part of my evening last night. Well, that's uh, that's not great. Because, you know, you're, you're playing one of the worst teams in the league. You're a terrible team. You go up 3 nothing after the first period. And I'm sure the Jackets are saying, yeah, we're up 3 nothing. Look at us. We're awesome. And I'm sure the Ducks were saying, how can we be losing 3 nothing to this team? So they come back, score five goals, unanswered. Win the game 5-3. to three. And then I'm told by people, it's okay. Who cares? Because it's tank time well, anyway. Here's... Yeah. Go that, ahead. Well, I, look, first of all, this, this undying faith that you have that the Jackets will get the number one pick, draft Conor Bedard, he'll be fantastic and save everything, is based on what? I have no idea. Well, right? because, yeah, your percentage of getting it while... Look, if you have the worst record in the NHL, you're guaranteed a top three pick, if I'm not mistaken. That's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. If you're going to be bad, might as well be guaranteed. You're not, but you're not guaranteed the first pick. No, you're not. And your chances of getting it are what, like 18%? And then it goes down to 13% if you're second worst. So you've got a 5% better chance of getting it than not. That's that's nice. It's not anywhere close to like, oh yeah, that'll just happen. But if it does, as we've said many a time, what guarantees do you have that Connor Bedard won't become the biggest draft bust of all time when he gets to the six one four? That's good, my the good concern. News is the Jackets have never drafted anybody at no. the top of the draft that hasn't worked out. No, right? Are you, all you fans new? Do, I don't even believe that Yarmo will actually draft him. Well, I could see right. him doing who, who a thing knows? where it's like, well, you know, technically we need a center. And then we'll end up with dude from Michigan who's also supposed to be really good, and we do need centers. That's all right. They'll draft Conor Bedard and make him a center. <laughs> yeah, and he'll be he? terrible. What is he, like five foot four? 
That'll be that'll be good. I oh, like that. Oh man. And you know, I, I, I have arguments with people where it's well, what else do you want? What what I want? I want a team that doesn't give up five straight goals to one of the worst teams in hockey and embarrass themselves in front of people who have paid their hard ass money to get to this game and watch this game. That's what I want. I want to see a decent hockey team. All right. I know that all of a sudden we're all in for the tank now. Oh, well, this is this was the plan all along. This isn't the plan all along. They may stumble into something and then wind up screwing that up because that's what they always do. This wasn't the plan. No, you know what my thought was yesterday when they got up three nothing. I thought typical jackets. Here we go. Supposedly the tank is on and that's a good thing and all these things are great. And then I thought. They're going to get healthy, and they're going to go on like some good runs here. Not anything to put you in a playoff position. Oh, foolish but just bone. A, but no, no, no. But I'm saying that was the dumb thought I had was they'll screw it up that way. Where like at the end of the season, they'll they'll win 6 out of 10 or 7 out of 10 or some stupid number like that. Where suddenly they end up like, well, actually, we are just out of the guaranteed top three. And best odds to get the number one pick. That's what they're going to do. That's I'm I'm fully prepared for them to screw it up that way. Where then people will say, hey, you know, second half of the season, they really came on and showed what they could do, and they got healthy. And then everyone who was saying, tanking's great, being the worst is great, that's all great. Then when they don't get that, they'll go, oh, it's great, because now we're playing better, and we're healthier, and next year we're going to just light the league on fire. It'll be great. The good news is, I don't think there's any chance of that happening with this team. Number one, they're bad. Yeah, they're They're bad. They're super bad and terribly coached. Number two, the last six weeks of the season, this team's pretty much playing good teams on the road right. every single night. You're right. And Let's, so it's it's not going to happen. Fingers crossed that but that's that, how that goes. That doesn't mean that we just watch a performance like that and excuse away the diarrhea that well, we saw on the ice last night. It's, embar- it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing to see people at this game who would rather be someplace else. It's embarrassing to see a 10-year-old kid dressed up in his blue jacket stuff, probably the only game he's going to get to all season long, have a depressed look on his face, and leave it to the Jackets fan. And I had a couple people send me tweets about this, and I heard it on the TV. Leave it to the Jackets, too. I don't know if this was a troll job by their own guys or if this is just that unintentional and they're this stupid. As that game is winding down, They're playing Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen in Mm -hmm. Nationwide Arena. Except they're not playing the fun part. They're playing the start of the song where it's like, (laughs) Mama has killed a man, put a gun against his head. As the fans are filing out of the arena, they never get to the chorus. No, They never get to the fun part. It's the most depressing lyric ever, and the Jackets are playing that as they blow a three-goal lead to one of the worst teams in the NHL. Well, you know what? If that was the intention, good on whoever played the song and said, no, let's play the the part I'd like to think it was a troll job, but they're probably just that stupid. Well, either way, uh, all I know is with this Jackets team, the amount of energy that we are, like, spending energy on this team right now is wasted. Like trying to trying to think of what's good because we just pretzel ourselves into stupid logic where we're like, well, they're losing by four goals. This is good. I mean, it, there's no logic yes, here that's good. No, no, no. Like it is ultimately if you're saying we could get generational player Connor Bedard and then he will become if you could guarantee me you're going to get him. He turns into Wayne Gretzky 2.0. All he right. changes your franchise's all trajectory. Right. If all that's true, then I'm in. But you how many Jackets fans who want to be honest with themselves and don't want to live in fairytale land where Yarmo's won like three Stanley Cups, although he actually hasn't. When has it worked that way for the Jackets 
where everything that's supposed to happen good magically aligns for them and it becomes good. Like, for example, Johnny Goudreau, this offseason, that was like getting a lottery ticket, wasn't it? We saw Johnny Goudreau signs up and says, I want to come to Columbus, and we all dropped our jaws when that happened. And then we all instantly said, well, you know, this team was decent last year. You're adding top-line scorer. Everyone's going to move down because of him. So that means you have better guys. Young, on younger lines. guys will get better. Yeah, and younger guys will continue to improve. Cole Sillinger is certainly not going to score like two goals to the top part of the season, half the season, whatever it is. And then we got to thinking maybe this team is not just a playoff team. Maybe they would be a good playoff team. That's something. How'd that work out? It's been one of the worst seasons in franchise history. Not because of Johnny Goudreau. Not because of Cole Sillinger. Because of everything with this franchise, unfortunately, I just need to see the plans that are put in place actually work. That's what I need to you see. You foolish person. I'm not going to get foolish, my hopes up foolish. for it. If Connor Bedard comes here, I'm going to wait with yeah, bated breath for him to actually do things. But I'm going to guess it's probably not going to. Something's going to happen that's not great. So, I'm just not going to get my hopes up. Let's take a quick glimpse at where I am with my sports fandom. Okay. My favorite baseball team is the Chicago White Sox. A lot of people were writing stuff a year ago about how the White Sox were going to the World Series. Mm-hmm. One of the most talented teams in baseball. Instead, they fell flat on their face, didn't make the playoffs, fired their manager, everybody's dead. All right. And uh, canceled Sox Fest? Yes. Am I wrong? Yes. Because oh, they, were, they were too scared of the criticism from their own fan base. Right. They canceled the winter fan fest. All right. Great. White Sox, baseball team. Uh, the Chicago Bears are my football team. Literally the worst team in the National Football League. Got the number one pick. Though. Got the number one. Great. That's Got the a, number one pick. So excited. Another <laughs> disgusting year. Three and 14. They're moving out of the stadium, building a dome. Kevin Warren's my team president. Okay. So we have baseball team. We have football team. Right. We have college football team. Buckeyes. Second straight year. They lost to Michigan. Went to the playoffs. Lost a game. They should have won against a team that eventually won the national championship. Really didn't beat a competitive team all season long. Sands Penn State. All right. Got that straight. Yeah, right. So we got baseball, we got football, we got college football. Then we have college basketball. Knocking on the door of last place in the Big Ten in the middle of a five-game losing streak past the bleach. All right, that's, yeah, that's horrible. And then hockey, the worst team in the NHL is Mm. the team that I root for. The Columbus Blue Jackets have all this money tied up in guys. Who the hell knows if they're going to be upright or good? Nobody knows. But they're bad right now, and are, we're keeping our fingers crossed for a 17-year-old that this franchise will probably ruin, even if they get him. Well, That's where I am right now. So somebody please, tell me what I have to look forward to. Tell me. Um, you should try movies, or television, or like and literally anything that's not sports for the next few months. Just, just, just get away from it, honestly. I know you have this job, but... That's right, I have this job. Read the articles. I don't know, watch a couple highlights. You can't... I mean, honestly, you can't turn to any of those right now the to give you any joy. highlight of my evening was watching Rimmer on a car commercial. That was the highlight of my evening. I liked how he worked in that Polestar. I really thought that was... Well, he a, was dancing that on was it. A good, that was a good touch with the Polestar. George Kaufman was putting dollar bills in his G-string. <laughs> give it to me, George. <laughs> Utsa, utsa, utsa. Yeah, that's what he was singing. All I know is... Uh, I've come for a lube job. <laughs> Rimmer here for lube jobs. Rimmer here. <laughs> that is something that you would get back when Rimmer was in high school. Clean out my exhaust system. Sorry, honey, I can't make my hot date. My car's getting a lube job.
right, that's what I have. That's All my. Right. That's what I'm I have sorry. to look forward I'm, to. Dude, I wish I had something better to tell you. I don't have, you know, many of those teams are my own favorites. I mean, I have the Browns to look forward to, which they're gross and I hate them. Yeah, uh, but you're, yeah. you're a Mets fan. Mets made the playoffs. Mets are good. There you, go. you know what? The Mets are good. That's I'll, The Mets give me some hope. But yeah, I, a lot of those same teams you mentioned are same teams I have. You've also lost 100 pounds. I did. In the last calendar year. Yeah. I've, I've, you know, I've gained 100 pounds. <laughs> I'm fatter than ever. All my teams are terrible. How about you do this? You only eat at fast food on a day after the Jackets win. Well, that'll be, hey, there's, be, like, there's the diet you need. No, that's the Even diet. more depressed? I'm just saying, you're looking for some way. If, right. if you did want to lose weight, that's an easy diet plan to get on right there. All right. I have some Bengal injury news to share with you. Coming up next, Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Some slowdowns to watch out for. You'll find 670 westbound after 4th Street. There's an accident blocking the left side. Traffic is backed up to I-71 in this area. Plan about a 10 to 15 minute slowdown as things get clear. This traffic report is sponsored by Staples Store. Staples Print and Marketing is committed to quality and printing. Perfect every time. Now at Staples, get $10 off your document printing and marketing materials. Order of $50 or more. Offer ends to 11. See staples.com slash store slash printer for details. Try Staples and see the difference. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Their collective IQ is lower than they think it are. Back to Man and Bone. Happy Friday. Tool of the Week is coming up at 534. Send in your Twitter tools now. At Man and Bone 971, your chance to win fabulous prizes. Here's some Bengal injury news for you as they get ready to play the Bills this weekend. Jonah Williams and Alex Kappa have officially been ruled out yeah, that's too against bad. the Bills. You sort of knew this was coming. I know, but the fact that they didn't immediately just say they're not going to play this week gave, I guess, a little bit of a hope. Yeah, to, yeah. Ellie, I was, I was hoping they would be able to play, but I figured, yeah, it's probably unlikely. If you have a... Which one was it that had the dislocated knee? Jonah cap? Williams. Ugh, ugh. Yeah, I assume you can't play with that a week later. I, mean, I but don't. I don't know what don't they know do what, with this stuff. Well, I also don't know how. I don't understand the toughness it takes to play football at the NFL level, but I know it's a lot more than I can understand. So, yeah, I, I if you tell me that someone does that, I would say, well, I can't understand how you do it. But NFL players are just built different on that. I don't pay attention to the NBA. You know this. I didn't realize that Jock Vaughn was the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, has been, yeah. But he's on TV right now doing a presser. Mm-hmm. I'm so impressed with this man's beard. Oh, Jacques Vaughn has a great beard. Anybody who can grow a beard like that, there should be some sort of perk in life. Well, here's like the thing. Like, you don't have to wait for a restaurant table or something. Yeah, Jacques Vaughn has the, like, James Harden type of beard, except it is very well kept. He's it's got not- perfect gray beard streaks to well it he has and then like the bottom half of it is gray except right down the middle there's a like distinctive colored in streak you think he does that on purpose no i think it just grows that just way just grew out naturally like yeah that? i believe so we got to give that man a prize i don't uh, yeah i don't think he's going and saying like if you can't get your beard colored then wouldn't you get it all i don't taken know away? that's the genius of it well maybe it, it does i'll tell you this if you told me he was doing that on purpose i would have been i'm skeptical when you said that just now I'm skeptical because I think you wouldn't do it on purpose. But no, he does have a great beard. We don't talk about that enough. All right, playoffs this weekend. Let's make our bad predictions for these games. You ready? Yeah, let's go. Jags at the Chiefs. This is Saturday at 4.30. I know you said yesterday you think the Jags are going to cover. Yeah, I think but, they'll but stay within the game. I saw nine on Barstool Sportsbook. And if that's what the line is, then I could say the Jags staying close, like touchdown-ish. 
I think they'll surprise the Chiefs a little bit, but the Chiefs are going to win this game. Now, the stat yesterday was Trevor Lawrence is 37-0 and all-time playing on Saturday. This game, of course, is on Saturday. He's also never played in Kansas City against Pat Mahomes on Saturday. I think this is a nice story, this Jags team. It was a nice comeback last week. Chiefs, I think, are too good. I'm picking them to win, and I'll take them to cover the nine. Well, I would even say on that, just to add to it, if there was any chance that the Chiefs were going to take this game a little lightly, I think the fact the Jags did how, like, they came, it wasn't like it was 14 to 9. It was just kind of a gross yeah, game. Yeah. The fact their offense is explosive enough to come back, their defense was able to get those stops. I don't think anyone around that building for the Chiefs, even if there was a slight bit of, well, we should be able to roll this team. I don't think that's the case. They know what they've got to go up against, and I think they'll be ready for it. Giants at the Eagles. This is the night game tomorrow, 8-15. You know, Giants had their big win in Minneapolis last week. Eagles have been the best team in the NFC all season long. They had the bye last week. Presumably, Jalen Hurts is healthy. He did not show up on the injury report this week. I find it hard to believe, though, he's magically 100%. No, healthier versus healthy is two different things. I, I think the Giants will be able to be around in this game and make it a four-quarter game. I think they could straight up win it. I think the Eagles get it done. But again, the line I saw was like minus seven and a half, minus eight. Barstool Sportsbook, I think, had it earlier today. You can get that. That's where I would be. I mean, I'm sorry, plus eight with the Giants. I would take the points and say this is probably going to be another yeah, close game. I agree. I think the Eagles win, but I think it's closer than eight. Uh, Sunday, Bengals at the Bills. 3 o'clock. You know how I feel about the Bengals. The Bengals say we're not underdogs, and I tend to believe them. You know, the press has been on the Bills all season long, even in the offseason. Right after they lost to Kansas City, it was, watch out for this Bills team next year. They're going to be the best team in the NFL. And they have been good, and they are very talented. But Josh Allen has moments where he looks downright bad. And unfortunately for the Bills, those moments have been coming in the red zone. He's been turning the football over. If this opportunistic Bengal defense can force a couple turnovers on the road, you know, the Bills have not played great football the last two weeks. They've gotten emotional big victories, but they haven't played complete football games. I understand the same can be said about the Cincinnati Bengals, who have been playing the offensively challenged Baltimore Ravens, and that's not what you have coming up this week. But even with the offensive line problems, I am going to take the Bengals to win a close one on the road. Yeah, I think the Bengals will win as well. I do think the Bengals are going to have to, they're going to have to run the football. You have, and I know this is, take your, there's probably six or seven stock cliches you go to when you talk about playoffs, road games, all those type of things. But the Bengals clearly in this game, I would think, want to have the ball and want to be able to con- control a little bit, you know, try to keep. The ball out of the hands of Josh Allen, even though I know, like you said, he's not been as good as usual. I don't think you can just guarantee or believe that he will consistently be bad or not playing up to his level. No, I think, but he can be rattled, as we've seen. He was rattled last week. I know. I don't think he's going to be rattled in this game. I, I like as far as what the with the crowd and the atmosphere. I know he was last week. I think some of that may just have been some of the emotions as well from having such a weird roller coaster end to their season. I I don't think he's going to be as rattled because I think he got some of that out of the way. I think what the Bengals need to do is be able to establish the run. And then, of course, it allows you to do some play action that's effective and hopefully keeps the Bills' defense at bay because if your offensive line, as injured as they've now been and now are going to be for this game, if you can't run the ball a little bit, 
it's going to be that it Bill Stevens is going to be teeing off on Joe Burrow all day. And he can, I know he can handle it. He's good enough to get out of that pressure and make some good throws anyway, but hopefully their running game can get going to give him a better so shot. Who are you taking? I'm taking the Bengals all to right. win. I'm just saying that's the Mr. way it has Negative to go. over here. I don't know where you're going. What do you mean, Mr. I'm point. What are we supposed to do? I just was like, ah, the earth's going to crash into the sun, but I'm pro earth. No, Bengals win. Bills lose. All right. Next. I'm just saying like, I, here's how I think the Bengals have to do it. All right. Cowboys at the 49ers. Sunday at 6.30. This is Teddy's. Dallas Cowboys got a big road victory in Tampa on Monday night. I saw that one coming because I didn't like Tampa. And I thought if the Cowboys played up to their abilities, which they rarely do, they wouldn't have a problem. And if not for guys missing extra points, they wouldn't have had any sort of problem to worry about. I like the 49ers, though. And you know that I like Brock Purdy. And maybe I'm foolish for doing so, but I think they are the most complete team. Maybe not the best team. But position by position, they scare the hell out of me if I'm lining up against them. Oh, I'm yeah. taking the 49ers at home. Yeah, I, Niners win this game. I I want to say the Niners will beat the Cowboys by more than what I've seen at Barstool Sportsbook, the four points. But I'll say this. This is the game I am the least sure of of all these games. I don't, even more than me saying Jags will keep it close with the Chiefs. I feel pretty good about that. I do think this Cowboys team has the ability to, on its day, be as good as anyone in the NFL. I just don't know if you're going to get that consistently. The Niners' consistency of good is what I would say probably carries them in this game. But I, I do think the Cowboys have plenty of talent to get this one. Teddy, your team, who are you taking? Cowboys or 49ers? I'm not you know, expecting victory here. I think the 49ers will probably get it done. Hopefully my Cowboys yeah, can pull Yeah, you're rooting for the Cowboys. It, it's kind of but... odd, yeah, because if the Cowboys win this game, then I'm going to be thinking Super Bowl at that point. I'm more That's confident. Right. That's what I'm saying. But I'm worried about these 49ers. If they had any other quarterback on that team, they would be the favorite for the whole, you know, for the Super oh, Bowl, yeah. I think. Without question. It's the fact that Brock Purdy has looked so good despite being... Yeah, can like, he keep doing it? Your third guy you've had to turn to. If they Right, if they had like a top 10 quarterback in the league playing for them, they would be the odds-on favorite at Super Bowl. You're exactly right. More rumblings about Chris Holtman taking another job. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Some heavy slowdowns to watch out for. The north outer belt of 270 westbound at I-71. There is an accident blocking the two right lanes. Traffic is stop and go from Westerville Road in this area. Keep an eye out for the emergency crews that remain on scene. Please be very careful over here. This traffic report is sponsored by eBay Motors. You might not have the biggest garage on the block, but with eBay Motors, there's 122 million parts right at your fingertips. Whatever you need, there's something that fits your vehicle. Air filters, tires, seat covers, and more. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Your undisputed leader in talking about nothing. This is Man and Bone. Common Man and T-Bone brought to you by the Hinder Motor Company. I have been uncharacteristically negative and sour today. Normally, oh. I'm just a beacon of sunshine. That's right. Let me turn the tables on you. Okay. Now, Bengal fans, maybe you're nervous about the game this weekend, going on the road, playing the Bills. Here's something to turn your frown upside down. I told you a list of all the teams that I root for and how terrible they've been and how I have no hope as a sports fan. You Bengal fans, though, regardless of what happens this weekend, it is January 20th. The last time your football team lost a game, I just saw this stat. It's not really a stat, it's just a fact. It was Halloween. Oh, yeah. 
October 31st. Who got him, by the way? Anybody remember Was that? the last time? Yeah, who, I know who, who got won, him. Who won that game? Is that the, uh, the team that's sitting at home right now. <laughs> I know. The other fake orange I team. I know. I just had to throw it in there. I'm just pointing it out. You can move along. It's fine. Halloween. It's January 20th. That is the last time your team lost a game. Yeah. It's almost like the Browns dressed up as a competent organization that day and then took the costume off and revealed who they were. But you know that you're right. For Bengals fans, as much as these seasons, in some ways they're more stressful, I feel like, than the seasons where you're god-awful. You know what I mean? Because when your team's god-awful, you just, early on, you kind of get over it. I was pretty stressed out watching that Jackets game last night. No, 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 I know that. But I'm saying from the standpoint of Bengals fans now are looking at this going, we can't get to the Super Bowl and miss again. Right? Like we got there last year. We were one game away, a few plays away from winning a Super Bowl, and it didn't happen. I don't know what you, your heart does and what it feels like to now know we are just two more games away from this again. And then possibly like that feeling of we might actually finally do it. But what if we don't? Right? That, that nervousness to me is almost worse than like with the jackets all year. It's been like, oh, there you go. Yeah, more same jackets. Like we, we got over that in November. We knew this team was crap. I'm saying Bengals fans, I'm sure, prefer this stress. It's it's much more what you would want than to be just thinking, yeah, my team sucks and is at home. I'd rather be a Bengals fan than a Browns fan right now, or my team I know is bad, and the Bengals have a bright future. All I'm saying is it's still stress. It's a very different type of stress and a welcome one, but I think it is even more stress than being awful. I wonder if they had their pick. Which one Bengals fans would choose? Would they go to Buffalo this week, play the Bills? Or would they rather go to Kansas City, play the Chiefs? If you hmm. could pick. It's tough. I don't, I don't know that they would change what they've got right now. I think they'd want to go play Buffalo and, and win that and hopefully win that game. I think they'll win that game. I don't know. Kansas City just strikes me as, I don't know. I'm getting like weird vibes from how that could go for the Bengals if they went down there. But can you imagine the scene? I mean, with all the things that have happened so far with the missing game and, you know, the potential for neutral site for them, which is not going to affect them. It'll affect the Bills and Chiefs if that occurs. But the Jags and Chiefs play the first game. If the Jags win that game and now the Bengals know yeah. that they're hosting the AFC championship if game. If they win. If right. they win. That, yeah, that's a very solid point. I, I, I can't imagine that is something that they will be actively paying attention to in pregame. Like I'm sure fans guys will. Fans will and players will get word of it. They will be notified. I'm sure they will see it somewhere. They will they'll find out eventually during the game or before. But yeah, that will that would change the dynamic a little bit. Obviously you want to win regardless, but I think that maybe gives you a little bit extra of an understanding of not only is this is going to be, we think, a little bit easier if we get it at home. Notre Dame basketball coach Mike Bray says he's retiring at the end of the season. And I'm reading a list of potential replacements and whose name is at the top of the list. The Holtman, Chris Holtman. All right. Uh, you and I have had our problems with Chris Holtman. I'm not saying fire him right now, but at the end of the season, if this team doesn't pick it up, I think there's a conversation that well, needs to be had. It's undeniable that the Holtman can get recruits. I don't, I don't think that's in question, right? EJ Liddell was a National Player of the Year candidate. Malachi Branham last year, guy who went to the NBA first round pick. You have another one in Bryce Sensiball right now who could be another first round pick. Like that's the type of talent that needs to be brought in to a place like Ohio State. 
If he could do something similar at Notre Dame, I'm obviously, I would think that he would be able to pull that off. People like, like from afar, like we talked about yesterday, people will look at that and say, well, that's what you want. That's what you need. That's how you win in modern college basketball. Get the talent. All the other stuff will work itself out. Then you get in those seasons and you suddenly go, why did we lose five in a row? Three or four of those five were very winnable games. One of those five, you had the number one team at the time in the country in your building and they should have lost it. Purdue should have lost that game. These are frustrations that we know because we intimately are watching this team. But I can see how nationally people would say, well, look at the job Chris Holtman's been able to do at Ohio State. Notre Dame, probably you could do a similar type of thing. All right. I'm, I'm just saying, I, I wonder that doesn't if he change would, my opinion of how I feel right now this season about now, how he's doing. If they call him, though, I wonder if he'd entertain the offer. Because maybe he sees the writing on the wall here. I and don't he'd know. rather leave on, in his own, on his own power than wait to be fired here. Right. I, I mean, I would certainly think he would entertain the call because at the very least, let's say he decides not to do it. Um, it's good to have your name in the mix for sure, those type of jobs. Yeah. But regardless, I, it, it does show you that the national idea on him is still very, yeah, very still, good. still high. And might still be a little different than what we are all feeling as Buckeye fans right now in this season. Yet again, looking at a January where we're saying, how did the wheels fall off so quickly? Buckeyes try and snap their five-game losing streak against Iowa tomorrow. Coverage starts at 1. According to ESPN's matchup predictor, the Bucks have a 76.9% chance to win this game tomorrow. I, I, I don't know what is in the measurements that they're well, looking at. they don't tell us. The it's like, it's secret at. sauce. It's their special technology. And, you know, what was it? Was it the Purdue game? Where yeah. we were surprised that the Buckeyes were... And they should have won that game. Obviously, they didn't. No, I mean, that, that predictor seemed to have some good insights there, right? You know, hopefully, I'm, I'm hopefully gonna go with the predictor. Good. Hopefully, gonna, it's good on Saturday. I'm going to say Iowa loses. I need to go look at what the predictor says for the OSU basketball team, which to me, the team of record at this point is the OSU women's team. I don't know if you saw that last night, but again, yes, I, I did watch some of that last night. Undefeated, and they beat Northwestern last night by like 30 points. The best thing about it, I was talking with Matt Andrews about it, the voice of the women's basketball team there on the radio. <laughs> Maddie was saying it, and he's spot on. They knew they knew they were better, and they played like it. The entire way. What a joy to watch. Like a basketball team that's just really better than a lot of the teams they play. They know it and they carry themselves like it and they just go out and take care of business. So much fun to watch. Anyway. Did you happen to catch any of that Minnesota-Purdue game last night? I didn't. No, I didn't get to see it. I cannot believe this Buckeye basketball team lost to Minnesota. I can't believe it. I can't believe that they hung with Purdue and lost to Minnesota. Minnesota scored them too. Minnesota scored in the first half against Purdue 12 points. <laughs> they lost 61 to 39. Yeah. This Gopher team is so bad. And that's where you are right now, Buckeye fans, losing to a team like that. Well, that's why I say there's something going on. I don't know if it's mental. I don't know if it's... Uh, relationships on the team. I don't know if it's just coaching, getting two in the weeds. I have no idea, but it's not the idea that Ohio State lacks talent. No, there is talent on this team. Well, I will fight anyone who says they otherwise. They were talented enough to go toe-to-toe with Purdue, talented enough to go and should have beat North Carolina, which I know North Carolina is not what they were. Not go toe-to-toe with Purdue. No, you're right. They should have won that game. Yes, right. I'm saying they were they were leading that game and should have won. It should have sealed it up, and they didn't. But that's what's frustrating here is you know the talent exists. You're, you're telling me Ohio State basketball is less talented than Nebraska? 
The men's team is less no. talented than Nebraska. No. Get out of here. But we saw it. We saw Nebraska find out a way to win that game, which I is flummoxing to me. It stuns me when I see that. But it, it's we're watching it night in, night out. Before the show yesterday, they were replaying that game on Big Ten Network. Oh, that's good. And I'm sitting back there, and I'm watching it again. But this Why? time I was watching it with Timmy. <laughs> yeah. Watching a game with Timmy is fun. Especially if you already know what happened. Because he's just out of his mind. And I said to him, did you forget that this happened last night? No, I remembered. But he's reacting like he didn't know it was coming. Still getting mad about Still it. Still getting like mad like it's the first time that he's seen it. I... That's that's special with Tim. That's just what he brings to the table. He is just an interesting guy when watching basketball games because he, you're right. He's he knows all. He remembers every play. Mind. He remembers every play, minutes, who was on the floor. He can get all that stuff, but he still gets riled up. Deion Sanders already working his magic. Details next. Common Man and T Bone on the fan. Fan traffic from the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Still watching heavy slowdowns on the north outer belt of 270 westbound at I-71. A serious accident blocking the two right lanes. Emergency crews are on scene trying to get this cleaned up. A plan on some heavy stop and go traffic in the meantime. This drive report is sponsored by Jackson Hewitt. Jackson Hewitt gets you your biggest tax refund guaranteed. Plus a chance to double your refund or win weekly prizes with their double your refund sweepstakes. File your taxes on the double. No purchase necessary. U.S. residents 18 or older who file a 2022 federal tax return and score 223. I'm with fan Come for the obesity, stay for the anger. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Tool of the week is coming up at 534. Send in your Twitter tools now, at manandbone971, your chance to win various various prizes. How about about fabulous prizes? Various as well. Sure. Uh, Chinese New Year is coming. It's going to be Year of the Rabbit. Oh, okay. All right, I was uh, reading that since they you know, sort of stopped all the COVID restrictions in China. You know, they're out and about. They're getting sick, but they're out and about. Oh, okay. And this is a big deal. Chinese New Year. And they're saying an estimated 2 billion trips will be made across China in the next two weeks. People going to visit family and friends and celebrating the New Year for the Year of the Rabbit. Okay. There is also a band. They released one album called year of the rabbit all right and if you enjoy you know 90s sound and stuff like i do 90s rock stuff i'm sure it's streaming someplace year of the rabbit self-titled go check it so out it's good you're saying you, you i like, enjoy it yeah okay i enjoy it am i wrong i assume that like a year of the rabbit has happened before i don't think they just have an yes, infinite it's, number it's of animals before. they're on a rotation yeah somewhat so okay but these uh these big brands you know, they're very transparent as to their motives, which is, please, Chinese people, buy our products like Reebok and Nike and, you know, designer purse manufacturers. They're selling all the stuff in China with rabbits on it. Well, yeah, but I mean, we have that here, right? Like, uh, for example, I get ads. I bought a brand of running shoes, which I won't give free ad- advertising to, but I bought shoes from them from their website. And then you have you don't have to, but I accidentally signed up for the email. Right. So around July 4th, I got an ad that was like two days only, all of these styles, 50% off. And it was red, white, and all their shoes yeah, that were red, yeah. white, and blue. All three of those colors had to be on it, but you got like 50% off. And I almost, I didn't end up buying it, but I thought about it, which is why I remember it because I've been regretting not buying it because it was a good sale. Anyway, the point is, I'm sure 
companies do that all over the world and we just don't always see it but i i know companies do it to us as well so happy year of the rabbit i don't necessarily understand the symbolism of the rabbit but i'm hoping it's a well good thing. i have a little bit on this i found out i found the schedule for the next few years all right please um so apparently the chinese calendar defines the lunar month containing the winter solstice as the 11th month meaning that the chinese new year usually falls on the second new moon after the winter solstice which is apparently where we are anyway um here are the upcoming chinese years that we're going to have what year it is so year of the rabbit is this year next year 2024 that will be february 10th will be chinese new year that will be the year of the dragon 2025 january 29th of 2025 that will begin the year of the snake 2026 uh february 17th of that year year of the horse 2027 year of the goat 2028 year of the monkey Mm. 2029 year of the rooster how many do we have uh looks like when does here, rabbit come back well i've got rooster 2029 dog 2030 dog the bounty hunter not an actual dog and beth his and beth. dead wife he's beth. moved on i think he's remarried I, has he yes but beth's large breastuses mm, continue to haunt him that's right as they would uh 2031 is the year of the pig 32 is the year of the rat 33 rat. is the year of the ox Last year, 2022, was the year of, we just, we have just ended the year of the tiger. So I think after ox, it would then go back to tiger. And then, so the next year of the rabbit. So it's going to be like 2035 until yeah, rabbit the comes next time again? we'll have a year of the rabbit right, is 2035. special then. Yeah, it's a big deal apparently. So that's, that's kind of cool to know. I'm, I'm very fascinated by cultures that I know little about. Me and too. I know very little about Chinese culture, but I'm, I would be excited to learn more. Uh, Deion Sanders is doing his thing at Colorado. He has flipped, flipped five-star corner Cormani McLean. McLean. Uh, he was a Miami Hurricanes commit, and now he is committed to Colorado. Uh, he is the number four prospect overall in the class of twenty twenty. What is this? Twenty twenty four? I believe no, so. twenty twenty three. Oh, okay. Yeah, so twenty twenty three this year. So All he's right. coming in this year. Uh, he is the highest ranked recruit Colorado has brought in since ESPN began ranking players in 2006. So Deion Sanders has been on the job for five minutes and he's already brought in the number one recruit pretty much in program history. Well, again, this is the thing people have wondered about Deion Sanders taking this job. You know, I know there was when he initially went to Jackson state, it was all right. He's a very high profile former athlete who is going to bring a lot of star power to a place where, you know, the recruiting there would be done typically for different reasons, right? Historically black college and universities, that's a different experience than say going to like an sec school or a big 10 school. Not that it has to be, it just is. And Deion Sanders said, well, why don't we try to make that a little bit more like the pro style environment that we've seen at other schools. Now he's going to one of those power five schools and saying, all right, I'm at a power five, but I'm not at the perennial power Let's make this, again, a big star power thing. So far, early returns are that's working. The question will be, let's say you have a couple years where you break 500 or something like that, or barely do. Do you still get the top recruits after a couple years, or can you retain the guys you get after a year and they say, I don't really like how it's going here, and they just transfer out? I don't know. I mean, what we do know is this was one of the worst programs in the Power Five, yes. right? Yes. And still they went out and they got this number four recruit overall in the 2020. It's a huge class. deal. Yeah. What I will add to that though, is what I'm saying. That question has been coming up a lot about Deion Sanders. 
it should also come up about guys like Hugh Freeze or any sure. of these other guys. Because how many times have we seen this where it's like, oh man, this guy who was a hot offensive coordinator from another big time Power Five school, now he's going to take over a program. And two years later, you're like, well, Derek Dooley's trying to teach guys how to wash themselves. It's not going well. Got to fire him. You know what I mean? Like we we act like Deion Sanders, former NFL player, might struggle at this level, or we're not sure if he's had enough coaching to to go do it. But we don't acknowledge the fact that guys who have been offensive coordinators for five, ten years, or they they come up through the ranks that way, they get these jobs and they struggle as well. There's no rhyme or reason to exactly how you're going to do it. Deion Sanders may break the mold and be one of the best college football coaches we have ever seen. We won't know until he continues to build this Colorado program and see where it goes. Bone, we have a sports scandal involving PP, and I will share it with you coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Did you just have an accident? Watch out for an accident blocking the two right lanes of the north outer belt of 270 westbound at I-71. Traffic is stopping go in this area. Keep an eye out for the emergency crews on scene. You'll also find some heavy slowdowns on the west side of I-70 eastbound between Mound Street and Route 315. This traffic report is sponsored by Jackson Hewitt. Jackson Hewitt gets you your biggest tax run fink guaranteed, plus a chance to double your refund or win weekly prizes with their double your refund sweepstakes. File your taxes on the double. No purchase necessary. U.S. residents 18 or older who file a 2022 federal tax return and score 223. I'm the with fan traffic. Highly medicated, barely educated. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Hello. It's Tool of the Week Friday. Send in your Twitter tools now. At Man and Bone 971, your chance to win fabulous prizes. Mike, I got a little bit of a shocking, it sounds sad story, but I find it interesting. All right. From Zoo Atlanta, which is actually the zoo in Atlanta, in case that was confusing to anyone. Uh, a beloved hawk from Zoo Atlanta is dead after it had been, it had been a part of the zoo for 20 years. His name was Tahoe. He got into an altercation with another animal that got into Tahoe's like outdoor meadow area where he lived. It was all fenced in so he couldn't fly away. An animal that was not a part of the zoo apparently got in there and had a fight with Tahoe. And then that random animal apparently undid this giant star of the zoo. And at first I feel bad for Tahoe because I, you know, I feel bad for zoo creatures in general that I know why they have to do that. It's good education. But then I thought like, was this wild animal just looking at Tahoe the entire time? Like, yeah, you're a hawk, but you're not a real hawk. And was it like going in there? Like, I'm going to, I'm going to show everybody that this stupid hawk in here is a wuss. Like, I feel like that animal knew what it was doing Yeah, probably when did. it went in there. It, it sensed that that's not like a in-the-wild hawk. It's a hawk that gets fed regularly. It doesn't have to, like, go find its food, if that makes sense. What do you think about that hawk? I was going for the triple crown up until I got the hemorrhoid. That's right. How's he doing? Hawk Harrelson? Yeah. He also has been killed out in the wild oh. by Bob Euchre. <laughs> Who is a Bob wild animal? Yeah, Bob Euchre, a wild animal who is not a part of any zoo. That is true. I had dedicated myself to I, I said, I'm going to stick it up Carl's behind in 68. I love Hawk. True care. Look, man, you may not agree all the time with Hawk Harrelson, but that's the type of baseball character that I love. Oh, that yeah. type of guy right there. Just, well, a guy who has a lot of stories, isn't afraid to share them. Yeah, he's full of himself, but he's just, he's very a story full of guy. himself. But not full of himself enough that he won't tell stories about his own hemorrhoids. 
<laughs> that's that's I mean, exactly I mean, right. He, like you, he will go on a national show and be like, "Well, you know, I had those hemorrhoids. Everybody knows about my struggles with hemorrhoids." And just like say it, like, "Oh, oh of course, yes, it's on your baseball card cards." Hawk Harrelson hemorrhoids have her. Like it's just right on there. That's the asterisk for that season. <laughs> Would have won the MVP if not for the hemorrhoids. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. Here's something for you. Okay, uh, the Saudis have some monies, right? I've heard that. Uh, they have the live golf. They're paying a bunch of money. They'll see no return on that, but. They're trying to buy legitimacy with their money and have influence in the sports world. That's not a look. I know sports washing has been a term that people want to use. Use it if you want. The reality is they're trying to buy legitimacy. All right. Oh, they are. But I I mean, people are right to call that out as opposed to saying fine. If you think it's like the idea of saying this isn't just being done because someone wants to, you know, like the Walton family, they want to own a sports team, you know, so they do. That's, it's not like they're trying to say, oh, there's a giant scandal about the Waltons. Let's clear our name by buying a sports team. I think that's where people are making that delineation. But you're right. I mean, yes, free to use your money how you want. But uh, Formula One, you're aware of them, right? Very aware. Uh, would it be inappropriate to say the top racing organization in the world? Yo, Formula yeah. Formula One? Okay. As far as money involved in the sport, as far as popularity, sure. Uh, they have said that the Saudis tried to buy them, tried to buy the whole league, the whole operation, offered them $20 billion Oof. to wow. buy all wow. of Formula One. And uh, Formula One said, thanks, but no thanks. We're not going to sell to you. There's also rumors that the Saudis are trying to buy WWE. This McMahon, I'm sure, is more than willing oh. to sell it to him. Right. Just as long as they're the highest bidder. But... Teddy was telling, how much money you say they have in this public fund, the Saudi public fund? It's like over $600 billion. Oh my God. $600 I can't even fathom that amount of money. Or was it $64 billion? Was it $600? I don't, it was a lot. I'll check it out. Yeah, check it out. Because there's, I was going to say there's a difference there, but still, lots of money. It's either $0.06 trillion or $0.6 trillion. Big difference. But still, that's still, either way ton of money but they're going up to everybody saying can we buy you can we buy you here's some money i you know what though uh their goal clearly is to try to get in every way they can people to think about the saudi government in a way that is not based on political scandal or things like that right well, they're, they're saying you may not take us seriously but you're going to have to do business with us and then eventually you will take us seriously well I, i'm quite we'll just, sure we'll become too powerful for you not to well, and i'm quite sure at some point the idea is if you've flown to it, enough people fly there to do enough business or talk with enough people from there to do enough business, at some point it becomes, hey, why don't we open our company up? Why don't we go move to Saudi Arabia? Their headquarters, we could put it there. They are open to having us. That that kind They're of stuff becomes, tax us anything. That becomes easier to do after it's like, oh, yeah, we've worked with them or we've done dealings with a company there. It opens those doors. I'm not, the strategy is smart. I'm not in any way saying the strategy is not smart. I'm just saying, it is cynical, and you have to acknowledge the cynicism in it. Teddy, how much money is in the fund? Well, there's they have six hundred and twenty billion in assets. Okay, okay. six hundred and twenty billion in assets. Yes, night. I mean, I, I'm sure quite a bit of that is, I'm guessing, based in like the Middle East with different things in. Yeah, that's in, not cash they, on hand. They, but, yeah, things right. they own and yeah. Yeah, but still, that's a, just a staggering amount and, of money. And that is all just from dead dinosaur bones. Think about that. I, I, right? It is hard to wrap your mind around that. I know, man. I, it's, 
I want to find the next whatever that is. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what you want to discover? Yes, right. All right, good call. Well, you know Put me saying? on board for that, too. I want to discover <laughs> the new dominant source of fuel as well. Good call, T-Bone. Okay, he said that like, I want to wake up tomorrow and find the new gas. No, but I'm saying I think there are a lot of people like, I want to get in on that industry. It's like, no, I don't. That industry's... It, that industry's been found. Everybody, yeah, you want to find the next. I want to just be the one who accidentally stumbles across, like in Beverly Hillbillies, which is a totally real, true documentary. I just want to stumble across it on my land and be like, "Oh, looky there!" And now I'm rich. Well, that Baker Mayfield's family did that. True enough. It can be done. What was you, I just reading? I was just reading that was it off the coast of Italy or something. They found this reserve of natural gas under the ocean. Oh, okay. That they didn't know was there. Interesting. And it's going to take years, I guess, to explore this and drill it properly. But they're saying this could be one of those things where it's like, if we tap this thing, that's like 50 years worth of natural gas oh, right wow. there. Just found. Didn't that's know incredible. It. Yeah. I Well, I'm wondering how much of that is throughout the world, right? I mean, for example, we have no idea how much I'm guessing is under the surface of like the Pacific Ocean, like the Marianas Trench. What's what's underneath that? Now it's the deepest point in the world. Not going to be feasible probably to get any of it out. I'm but sure the, people are trying. Yeah, but They're I'm trying saying, to find like, out what's there. But they've also they don't. When you start reading about what science doesn't know about the ocean, it is startling. When you realize that they think this is how big squid or octopus can get, but they don't really know. Yeah, and they're saying like sometimes out of nowhere they'll catch a fish that the only previous examples they've ever seen were like the size of a dinner plate, and they find one that's like, oh, actually, this one's the size of a Buick. We didn't know that thing could get that big. We don't know where it lives. We don't know if there's more of them. We don't know if that's the dominant size for this thing, and we just found the smallest one. We have no idea what we know about the ocean. It is ridiculous how much of it is not explored. I just found a picture today. I think it's in Australia. I showed it to Teddy. They're calling it Toadzilla. Oh, I saw this. You see this thing? It's like a six-pound toad. And it's the biggest, a normal toad of this species is like a pound. This one is six pounds. I don't know if you're like, if you're thinking, well, a pound, that's not a a pound is a huge toad. Like that's, that's a, that's a, if you saw it in your house, you would die. If you saw it across the street, you might move like that's a big toad. Six pounds, six pound toad. No, thank you. That's a good band name. Six pound pound toad. toad. I'd go see six pound toad immediately. Not to be confused with six pound chode. No, you don't want to go see Six Pound Chode. I do feel like Toad the Wet Sprocket is getting kind of like, they're just getting ripped off there a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Enough. You know what I mean? And then you, you got have the Toadies. And the Toadies. Underrated band, the Toadies. Right. And then there's band names, like I've heard there was a band called 90 Pound Wuss. Like, I feel like when you, I, I don't know, some of these, it's just take different bands you like and take words out of it and make a new word and make a new name. That's what Six Pound Toad feels like to me. All right, we have a sports scandal involving Pee Andy Murray, they have the Australian Open going on. That is tennis, for those of you who don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy Murray claimed an epic five-set victory over some other guy whose name I cannot pronounce and will not try in Wednesday's second round of the Australian Open. Their battle lasted five hours and 45 minutes. Uh, when Murray requested a trip to the restroom at 3 a.m., when they were still playing, 3 a.m., he was denied, and he wasn't happy about it. Murray let the chair umpire know exactly how he felt when, after his fourth set win, pushed the match to another set. He was reminded that he already used all of his bathroom allocations. 
He said, you know something? I respect the rules. It's so disrespectful that the tournament has us out here until 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, and we're not allowed to go take a piss. It's a joke. Yeah, he's right. But he wasn't allowed to take a piss, yet he still won, even with a bladder full of pee-pee. Right. I heard, I, I don't know if it was, I thought I saw a video of Novak Djokovic where he had a similar issue where he's like, I have to go to the bathroom, and they're like, you know the rules, and he's like... Yeah, whatever. And he just walked away, and then they were like, sir, stop. And it's like, what are you going to... I mean, again, Novak Djokovic, for what it's worth, not my guy. But man has to go to the bathroom. And if you like, want to make a statement, I would just go right in my pants. Well, that's what I'd I would go right there and then continue playing tennis. I don't understand. I know they have, I'm sure, reasons for like, when you go in the bathroom, we can't monitor what you're doing, and we don't want people to take supplements or things they're not supposed to have, but... At some point, if someone's like, I can't help it, my bladder's just going crazy right now. Why? The other, like the other person has to do anything? The other person can just sit there. It's not like they're not like the other person is still playing tennis while this their competitor is taking a break. You know what I mean? They're they both are gonna get a break while the one guy goes to the bathroom and then they come back and they peed. resume I playing. He'd right on the court. And then I would have looked at the line judge and said, Now squeegee this off. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You gotta do it right actually do it right on the net. Change the net out. Put a couple balls in there. Sure, the whole thing. Make the whole thing have to be started over. Take a way longer time than just letting me go for a minute to go get away, go to the bathroom, come back. Uh, Andy Murray seems like he's been playing tennis forever, doesn't he? Well, he, he's he probably twenty-seven has, years old. No, he's not. I don't know. He's got to be he in his mid to late thirties. I'm guessing. How I put him at like thirty-eight. Teddy, how old is he's Andy? Ta- he's like Murray. he's like Aaron Rodgers' age. Okay. I forget about the Australian Open. That's he is 35. Oh, 35. See? Young man. And they won't let him go to the bathroom. Nope. I didn't know Jeff Bezos was running the Australian Open now, but you know what? Good for him. Way to go. Oh, because he won't let people go to, employees go to the bathroom. At, I got yeah, it. Warehouses. Got it. Yeah. There you go. Just just little just a little slide <laughs> in there. I understand. Little. Man, I tell you, every time you say it right before the traffic update, Leanna takes off her shirt. <laughs> she gets so excited. <laughs> oh, boom. That's right. Stick no, it to Bezos. Half the time, I'm like, Ted, what did Leanna think of that? And he's like, she was screaming curse words because you said she's Jeff Bezos' name. She's agreeing but I'm like, with but you. But I said Jeff Bezos sucks. And then she's like, well, she just heard Jeff Bezos and screamed no, at you. And I'm like, oh, I'm she's sorry. with you. All right, good. The sports world, the sports media, thinks we all care about what happens in New York City. More on that next. You know what? That tease sucks. More... We're going to find another pee-pee scandal. That's what I say. Let's go find another one of those. More pee-pee. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. You can also hit on billionaires. You'll find an accident on Roberts Road at Amity Road. This accident does involve injuries. Please be careful over here as things get cleaned up. You're also going to find some slowdowns on westbound 670 between I-71 and 4th Street. Traffic is slow there as well. This traffic report is sponsored by Fresh Time Market. Get real fresh, real low prices at your local Fresh Time Market. This week's save on a full dry pint of blueberries just at $1.99 now through January 24th. Get real. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. Objects in radio may be dumber than they appear. This is Man and Bone. I forgot this thing. Ah, it's enough. Oh, well, show's over. Come on, take some gasoline. All right. Sorry. I was talking to Bone. I'm sorry. We're talking. All right. We got to talking. All right. I promise you a pee-pee story. I have another one. That's good. This is from today's New York Post. An elderly man in China lost part of his privates. After getting a metal oh. ring stuck around the base of his member. Oh, no. A scenario so oh. dire 
Doctors had to use a circular saw to remove oh. the foreign object. Oh, no. The 72-year-old from central China slipped the ring on for sexual stimulation. Slip? And left it there for six months. What? Before seeking medical attention you know, I, I just because know. his only symptom was shame. I now feel nothing for this man. I, I felt very much a lot of sympathy for this guy. Now, I, you know what? You brought that on yourself. Uh, he finally Six went months? to the hospital after experiencing intense pain the previous day. Surgeons shared graphic photos of the unidentified man's swollen nether regions. Why? In the Asian Journal of Surgery. Because it's something... Oh, okay. You know, it's like, hey, it's not like they sold it to some tabloid. It's no, like, I thought you were saying it was on Yahoo News or something. I'm like, no. don't do that. But initially, yeah, you gotta put it in a medical journal. That makes sense. Initially, doctors tried to remove the ring with their surgical shearing tools, but when that failed... They called the fire department oh. to borrow a heavy wire cutter oh that also didn't work. Oh. Medics finally removed it using a circular saw that cuts through metal. The tool created so much heat, uh. the team had to constantly spray water on his penis to keep it cool. <laughs> Unfortunately, all was not cool when they finally freed his willy. This okay. is the way they've written this in the New York Post, by the, the way. The New York Post wrote this? Oh, yes. like, I'm sorry. I, I don't know why I thought you said New York Times. I was like, that doesn't seem like that meets the Times standard of journalism, but okay, it's New York Post. There Got was it. dead tissue at the root of his Johnson, I which bet. was caused by a lack of blood flow. Mm. Doctors removed the offending bits, 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 stitching up the wounds and making three incisions to place a drainage strip <laughs> that would mitigate swelling. Ah, okay. Okay. Thank you for that horrific thing. Um, when you said they had to keep the saw wet as they were cutting through the ring, I don't know if you've ever watched, I don't know why you would. I'm a nerd. Have you ever watched where they make like, metal objects out of just a block of metal they mill things like okay you know, like car parts like an engine block they don't just make that with a 3d printer they have to get solid aluminum or iron or whatever it is and they have these giant drill bits that go through there and whenever you watch one of those videos they have to keep oil lubricating it at all times because otherwise it will just heat up and well, melt sure, everything sure. and i cannot imagine having a cnc machine in that area of your body, let alone it working on you. Like, that would... Well, no. no. Uh, this is not an uncommon thing. Now, what they had to do here because it was so bad was uncommon, but I guess this happens often where people put something on there and they can't get it off. The official medical term for this, oh. and yes, there is one. They did at some point. Penile strangulation. What? Penile strangulation. I have seen that band for sure. Yeah. On some of my metal tours. He I've heavy been to. punk, right? Yeah. No, no. Yeah, they're like a punk and then a little bit of thrash mixed in. I see. Yeah. Penile strangulation. So I, I, I promised you a pee pee and I gave you a pee pee. We gave you one. See? I have one that's not as good as that, but I also have a pee pee story that it actually involves pee pee. You okay. I, I was going to talk about Mike Francesa and uh, Chris Russo, but yours sounds better. Go okay. ahead. Okay. Well, this is just very brief. And I think this is an example of people trying to do something good but their solution is dumb and they don't realize until they start putting it in place how dumb it is. So in Britain, in specific neighborhoods around London, they've got issues, you know, a lot of nightlife, people get out of the pub late in the morning, late in the evening, early in the morning, and they got to go to the bathroom. They're walking home. They're drunk. And what do they do? They go and pee on a wall. Yep. Not great. So they don't want that to happen. So now what they're starting to do is on certain walls, they've, they've put a clear coating on it that is waterproof. 
And they put signs up that says, this wall is not a urinal. It says there is anti, I'm reading from the sign. There is anti-pee paint in this area. And what they say is, if you go on this wall, now that it has this water repellent protection on it, the splashback will be great. There will be a lot of splashback. It will get all over you. So you don't want to do that because if you do, you're going to ruin your clothes. You're going to ruin your outfit. You're going to look like an idiot. Okay. And I don't know how most drunk people would react to that sign, but I'm guessing most of them would go, ah. and then they'd back up a foot and keep doing what they were planning on doing. And then the splashback wouldn't hit them, right? Like, it's not like that thing can shoot a mile out off the wall and it's going to hit people in like the next neighborhood. I, I would think not. I'm saying like if you've stood next to a wall and it splatters a little too much, then you just move back a little bit and probably continue going is what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing most people are not going to be like, oh, no, I will never do this again. Seems like a lot of wasted money. That's my point. Speaking of uncontrolled urination and penis rings. Nothing can get by him. Turn it on and try him. Mike in the mad tongue. Double G you know, the entire world revolves around New York City. At least that's what people on the East Coast think. Mm-hmm. So this is a big story. Mike Francesa and Chris Russo will reunite on first take. The that's, only thing these yay. two are good for is constant mocking. Look, they they had a radio show together on WFAN in New York City for many years. That ended in 2008. I was just, that's what I was just trying to look up. How, that's 15 years ago? That they last had a yes. daily radio show? And even then, it was not a national show. It was a regional show in New York City. But the world stops and ends, at least according to ESPN, right in Manhattan. Right? Yeah. So we're going to have, this is going to be February 1st, two hours on first take. Mike Francesa and Chris Russo reunited for their asinine hot takes on garbage. Can I tell you that I have a theory on why. Russo and Francesa, Mike and the Mad Dog there. Um, Why they have been such a part of the sports landscape for so long. Why? If Bill Simmons never blew up and Bill Simmons was just like a random blogger, I don't think they would have ever gotten as big as they did. I'm like, they would have been huge. They were huge in New York. But I'm saying Bill Simmons happened to listen to their show and liked it. And when he took off in the early to mid 2000s, and his blog was highly read. It was all over ESPN. He was Bill Simmons, the sports guy, the BS report, all these things that he, I mean, he made millions and millions of dollars as a sports commentator. Kind of changed the game. But when he did that, he would hide, he would highlight their show. He propped it up. He talked about it all the time. He always referenced yeah, that show. I didn't show. think about that. You're probably right. If he doesn't blow up and become the Bill Simmons guy and he's just some random blogger, their show probably, it was hugely successful in New York. Most people outside of New York would not know about it. If you had to pick Chris Russo or Mike Francesa, one of them is wearing a penis ring. Which one would you pick? Because I say Francesa. I wouldn't say Russo. I was thinking, right, because didn't Russo have a thing just this year where he was talking about how, what was he talking about with Tom Brady having sex? Do you remember this, Ted? I feel like he had a take, and maybe I'm wrong, where he said, because the, there was an argument between him and another sports host that was like, Tom Brady's having a ton of sex. I think it was and that's, when he was talking to Howard Stern. That's right. That's what it was. He was talking to Howard Stern. And he had a thought on Tom Brady having sex. And it gave me vibes that like Chris Russo is can't believe people would rather have sex than play sports. And I, and I did not relate to that. So I'm just saying, 
I don't think Chris Russo would be that concerned about performance in the bedroom. He would be much more like he would buy thousands of dollars of golfing attire, clubs, lessons. Right. He just wants to get it over with. He doesn't care about. He just climbs on top and says, well, I got for you. Yeah. What does he say? What it good for you? Who's, who's doing the impressions now? Go ahead. You do it. Go ahead. Uh, good afternoon. And I'm done. <laughs> that was it, huh? That's all it is. Is That's that all, it. all you got for me? Oh, well, what are you going to do? I mean, I was talking for three hours on the radio. And I, 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 just say that. I, I expected a little bit more than that. Does it help that I'm in the corner just watching, or should I leave? Because maybe that would make it less. I awkward. think you can take the ring off now. It's over. I've had it on all day. I, <laughs> I'm too embarrassed to take it off, to be honest with you. Uh, the college sports landscape could be changing again. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. You are going to find some delays in the north outer belt of 270 westbound at I-71. An accident still blocking the two right lanes. Traffic is bumper to bumper in this area. Keep an eye for the emergency crews on scene. You'll also find an accident blocking the right lane of the east side of I-70 westbound at Miller. Traffic is slow here as well. This traffic report is sponsored by Vision Zero. Hey Columbus, listen up. Driving just five miles over the speed limit costs lives. Slow down. Drive the speed limit. Limit and help prevent traffic crashes in our community. Drive safe, walk safe, bike safe on Columbus streets. Learn more at columbus.gov slash vision zero. Only an array with fan traffic. These guys are a big deal. And by big deal, I mean cheap and fat. You're listening to Common Man and T-Bone. You know, Bone, what's that, We're man? just a couple hillbillies that live in flyover country. And oh, yeah. Sometimes I see what's happening on the coast, and I say to myself, man, I want to get there. I want to live there. You want to go live on the coast? I mean, I lived in Los Angeles for a time, and I just, I just want to get back there so badly. Oh, I, yeah. I, lo- I loved my time. Well, anyone who would want to live in the, not in the coastal areas of our country is just a loser know, who I has know. no initiative. So I saw that this uh, iconic beacon of modern architecture has gone up for sale in Los Angeles. What's that? At any time, it's a house. Oh, right? just but a house. Okay, it's a house, but it was built in 1961, and they call it the Garcia House, and it's by a world-renowned architect. Okay, which, by the way, it looks like crap. One of these modern pieces of crap. Looks like crap. It's on Mulholland Drive in Los Angeles. Three beds. Two and a half baths. Okay. 2,500 square feet on .22 acres of land. So, well, I mean, I'm I'm looking at this thing and... Oh, you saw it? Well, because I just wanted to see what you were talking right. about. Well, hold it, on. I'm not... Well, no, no, no. I'm not going to bring up what anything says about it. I'm just looking at it for the first time ever. It looks like an eyelid. Like the an house, eyelid. The house looks like an eyelid. Yes. Like half like an, like half of an eye. You like just, it just you can't appreciate the greatness of what you're looking at, clearly. I, I like modern things. I usually see modernist houses and I go, well, I could see why someone would live there. I have no idea what anyone would want to live in this house. But go ahead. It has breathtaking views sure. of the smog. <laughs> There's no ocean view. It's just you get a nice view of the city of Los Angeles. You're up on Mulholland Drive in the hills. Uh, it boasts central air conditioning. Nice. Oh, wow. That's nice. a perk. That is a perk. Again, three beds, 2,500 square feet, 0.22 acres of land, $16 million. Good God. $16 million. I'd buy it. Can't knock- wait to get there. If I had the money, I'd buy it and knock it down. <laughs> <laughs> and build what on the 0.22 acres of hillside? I don't know. I'd build a house that looks like a middle finger. 
and just be like, hey, this is modernist art for you. Enjoy. I want to you know what? Someone will probably drool all over I it. I know. Say, but it's, oh, my God. He's captured the essence. Like, this house is, um, it's built into a very steep hillside, it appears. And because of that, it's like the back of the house where maybe, I presume there's a driveway or some way to, like, pull well, there, up There to has it. to be a driveway. Well, right. But that part... It, it goes straight out from there, and there are stilts underneath of it, giant support structures mm-hmm. underneath that hold this whole thing up. Looks safe. Looks safe, but also looks just ridiculous. I mean, the inside has some cool... You can't, you can't appreciate. There, are, I, I will say, like, from the inside, if I didn't have to look at my actual house, the inside has some neat, you know, lines and viewpoints, and sure, whatever. I can see why someone might inside think, it's kind of nice. It's $16 but million dollars for 2,500 square feet. That doesn't make any sense. It does not at all... No, it makes perfect sense. Well, again, I must not get it because I live on a diet of Mountain Dew and beef jerky is what they would tell you, right? Like I'm saying people who do find this stuff to be amazing, who live I'm in Los Angeles. Or, oh my God, it's amazing. They're from California. They've never left California. Like, well, you just can't appreciate it because you live in Gooberville. Right. And it and that's annoying because I, I feel like where we live is nice and I like it here. For lots of reasons, part of which is I can get more than 2,500 square feet if I were to build a $16 million custom home. I'm just saying. Oh, you think so? I think I could. I think around here, you could do that. It's just me guessing because I don't have $16 million. But can million. you get more than 0.22 acres of land? Could you get that? I'm going to guess you could. All right. I'm going to guess you could get 22 acres of land but and build a house time, on every acre for 16 million dollars if you wanted to every time it rains would you be concerned with your house falling off of the hill no okay. i would not right. that would well, not what's the be fun in that? right it's you wouldn't have the risk hey honey that's the like the game you, have you the play adrenaline of every it. time you go home it's like is the house still there i don't right. know it rained today maybe it fell down the hill I could see it because you're sitting there. I don't know. Let's say you're in Simi Valley, just getting some of your favorite coffee because you've driven up that way to go see what's up there. And then you, as you're looking at your coffee cup, you see a little ripple in the water. You're like, "Uh oh, that's an earthquake. Well, guess my house on stilts may not be up anymore. Let's not rush home because there may not be home left. I'm not saying like it, it sucks for everyone who lives around those areas that you do have to deal with that. That's awful. I'm saying perhaps, perhaps if you live in an area prone to mudslides, uh, giant fires all up and down hillsides and earthquakes don't build a house that looks like an eyelid on stilts for 22 million or 16 million dollars maybe don't do that you know what i find interesting too and i know we've gotten off on a tangent welcome to the show who cares what i find interesting about all of this is that you know most people can't pick and choose where they live Yes, because, you know, they have a job, they have a family, economics dictate, they have to stay here. Maybe the place isn't the best, but this is where I live. This is where my family is. This is where I am. But anybody who can afford a $16 million house can afford to do whatever they do anywhere. Right? Absolutely. Like they have power, but they choose to stay there. They choose to stay because I think it's the smog. It messes with their brain. I was out there for a while. The smog messed with my brain. I had to get the hell out of there after a while. Don't get me wrong. To live in California, there are clearly perks like the weather we will have, the weather we've had the last two months and the weather we're going to have for the next four months. They have a day of that and everyone freaks out and goes, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing ever. They like they don't ever have to deal with the cold and the rain and all yeah, that. But do the woods outside your house ever just burst into flame? No, they don't. <laughs> they, I don't live on a fault line. I also don't have to spend seven figures for a house 
that is like suitable to raise a family. Anything less than seven figures, and it's like, well, you get half a bath, you'll take a communal shower with everyone in your neighborhood, you will get 500 square feet. And for that, you get to pay $6 million. Right. Yeah, I'm saying you can find reasonable housing around it. There are some perks, is my point. I don't know. Oh, and by the way, if you want to drive like 10 miles up the road to another town, it doesn't take you two hours on the 405 or on the 9 or on the 10 or oh on the God. 12 or you on know. the 6 or whatever they are. Everybody has to say the, which also annoys me. That's when the first time you meet someone who's moved out this way from California, you will know because they'll be like, I was on the 270 and you'll go, I, you're from the California, aren't you? Because we know instantly when you do that. All right, what did I tease? Oh, the future of uh, college sports may be changing again, courtesy of our friends in the $16 million house <laughs> in the state of California. Yeah, so they have the California college athletes that oh have been God. trying to get some stuff done. They have... They have now got a chance that they may get some revenue sharing if this proposed bill goes through. Now, the state of California was the pioneer in name, image, and likeness. They said this is going to become a thing. The NCAA said, if you make it a thing, we'll never do anything in your state again. They called the NCAA's bluff. They won. Oh, yeah. And every other state said, yeah, we're with California, too. Deal with it, NCAA. And then that went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court was like, yeah, they're they're all right. You can't do that, NCAA. And so... NCAA was like, okie dokie. So right or wrong, California thinks they can change the game again. Well, their their new act is called the College Athlete Protection Act. This is proposed by Chris Holden, a Democrat from Pasadena, who lives in a, I'm guessing, $16 million house? I don't, I, know. I don't know. Who cares? Anyway. It's breathtaking. <laughs> introduced this bill on Thursday. What it would do is say that uh, the revenue that programs earn on an annual basis, that would amount to the payment amounts that players get. So it would make it something where if you're telling everyone, oh, yeah, we've made X number of millions of dollars this cycle, this law would say, cool, this is how much of that has to go to the players. Not, well, if name, image, and likeness people want to give that to players, they can. Now it would be this is what they are required. The universities are required to give to the players. It's Assembly Bill 252, and a portion of an athlete's pay goes to graduation, uh, does not consider athletes employees of their universities, which is why the NCAA also should have some concerns here because their argument all the time is like, well, we can't pay the players because then they'd be, you know, employees and we're not in the business of employing the student athletes, even though everything else at a college, every other person who does a job there is called an employee, whatever. Anyway, they would be splitting the revenues in football, men's basketball and women's basketball equally with whatever that revenue is a percentage of that would have to go to the athletes, according to this bill. So, If there's a percentage increase from year to year. So if you bring in... Oh, yeah, right. If you bring in $50 million one year, okay, and that's up from $40 million, well, yes. then you take the appropriate percentage and you funnel that to the players. But if you continue, like next year is $50 million and there's no change, the players would get nothing. Yes. Now, in this bill, you might say, well, pff, that's stupid. Because then what's going to happen is all these schools are going to go, oh, we have to pay for this crap? Well, then we're going to cut sports if you do that. Uh, this bill also has a provision for that where it says that there would there would be a penalty and it would call for the suspension of athletic directors for at least three years if they cut roster spots, reduce scholarship amounts, or discontinue sports programs. So it would basically say you have to pay for this and if you try to cut corners or keep your margins the same by getting rid of college sports or getting rid of roster spots for it, well, then you get suspended now, for three years. the name, image, and likeness um, 
you know, I, I see how that developed, and you and I said at the time this is going to be a thing. I think what they're proposing here is much too aggressive. I don't think this will ever pass. I I would be surprised if it does. But I also don't doubt that something like this will eventually it, be right, passed. It, it could. This won't pass. No, I'm saying when the NCAA has said, we want oversight from the government, careful what you wish for. Because this type of bill, not quite to that level of extreme, but something that ties the revenue from the sports to the players' compensation, that is what you will get from whether either the federal government, the state governments, someone will come up with that, it will get passed, and then you'll have to fight it in court, and you'll lose because you're the NCAA and you're stupid. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, fake, the gentleman Buckeye basketball team, mm. and we'll talk about the real basketball team coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for delays on the east side of I-70 westbound at Miller Avenue. There's an accident on the right side causing some backups over there. We'll also find a crash still causing heavy delays on the north outer belt of 270 westbound at I-71. This injury crash involves an overturned truck. Keep an eye out for the emergency crews on scene. A traffic report is sponsored by The Tile Shop. The Tile Shop is your destination for ceramic, porcelain, and natural stone tile and luxury vinyl tile. Explore a wide range of unique looks and exclusive designs for every style and any project with inventory available today. Visit the Columbus Tile Shop showroom to start loving the home you in. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Did you feel that? It's your radio getting fatter. Getting fatter. Chubby time! This is Common Man and T-Bone. It is Tool of the Week Friday. Send in your Twitter tools now at Man and Bone 971 Your chance to win fabulous prizes. Men's basketball plays tomorrow against Iowa, trying to snap a five-game losing streak, but 19-0 Number two team in the country. Mm-hmm. Buckeye women won last night. They beat Northwestern. Yeah, they are they are a talented bunch, man. And this is it's a fun thing to watch because I I for years really didn't pay as much attention as I should have to women's basketball. You hate you hated it. You actually said I hope all women shouldn't be able allowed to play sports. Is that what I said? Yes. Okay. You said if you don't have a penis, you can't play. I. <laughs> Okay, apparently I did. Roll the tape. Let's find out. Probably did at some point. All I know is this. That was a wrong assumption of mine to not watch. Just not not because I didn't like it. I just didn't pay attention to it as much as I should have. I mean, you have three girls well, in your house. You have three girls, and you tried to glue penises on them. <laughs> that's how offended you are by I the idea of women. I thought that's how mine got there, was someone had glued it onto me. And I said, well, I guess this is just what you do. No, but I, I genuinely, last year... Last sporting calendar year, so season ago, thought we have a good women's basketball team. There are tickets available. My kids never, we don't really go to a lot of sporting events. So I thought, let's let's go. And I found that with the girls, it is important for them to see representation. And they, they, they would much rather watch girls doing anything than watch boys doing it at the ages they were when we started doing this. Me, me too. I know. So... We took them to a basketball game. They loved it. We've been going ever since and been fans and watching this team. That's the story on how I started watching this team play. So last year when we went to a game, I saw them do a full court press almost all the game. And I said, that's that man. I guess they really hate this team. They're playing Cincinnati. I thought, God, they hate Cincinnati. Jeez. And then I, we came back for other games. And I'm like, oh, they just do this. And this year, same thing. This is a team. This is a philosophy that I love watching a basketball team. Kevin McGuff does a great job. This team is is a lot of fun. But I want to highlight again, they won by 30 yesterday against Northwestern. Northwestern's no good. They're not they're not anything. Don't think you're like missing out on women's basketball. You're like, oh, is Northwestern one? No. They're they're not good. Buckeye should have won by 30. 
but they started off hot and they kept going and they did not let up at all. Got the game well out of hand early on. They were up by 10 after the first quarter, up by, I don't know, two dozen or something by halftime. I mean, it was just, it was over. It was an easy win for them as it should have been. But they do this with good pressure. They hustle. They play fundamental basketball. They don't give up on plays. Like everything you've been frustrated about watching maybe other college basketball teams in Columbus do, this team does not do. So I'm telling you, this Ohio State women's team is just a lot of fun. Monday night, they play at the shot, playing against Iowa as well. That Iowa team is a top 10 team. And this is a big time matchup for Ohio State women taking on the Iowa, the Iowa women. Kaylin Clark comes in. She's an all everything. Everybody is all, all over her how great she is. Ohio State women are going to prove they are the best team in the country. They're going to beat Iowa on Monday night. I know it. I'm excited to watch it. But I'm just telling you, like, they've got some big games coming up. They go to Indiana. They go to Maryland. These are tough games. I'm not saying they're going to go undefeated or anything like that, but watch this women's basketball team because they are worth your time. All right, here's some news from the men's team. Report in the L.A. Times, Bronny James, son of LeBron, uh, heavily courted by the Buckeyes and Chris Holtman. Bronny James has his three college finalists, according to the L.A. Times, Oregon, USC, and Ohio State. All right. So Bronny James is, you know, he's a four-star guy with a five-star name, right? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, it's a guy that you'd love to have on your roster, all things being equal. He probably helps you recruit other players, too. As it sits right now, they don't have scholarship room for him. But, you know, if Bryce Sensball leaves to go to the NBA... I hope he doesn't, but if he does, well, there's your scholarship room right there. Yeah. Uh, the other part of that, too, I, it made me think, because I'm obviously USC, that's the school that's right down the street, right? That's the school right. where he and lives Oregon, in LA. And Oregon has the affiliation with Nike, and we know that LeBron, of course, yes, has an affiliation with Nike. So does, I think, Bron- didn't Bronny sign an independent deal I'm with pretty Nike? Sure, I'm pretty sure he has, I'm guessing. Um, but the other part of this is, obviously, Ohio State has... LeBron has a huge connection and love for Ohio State. Obviously, Ohio State has a pretty good Nike connection, too, last I checked, for sure. whatever that's worth. But, yeah, I mean, this clearly would have to be in part because there is some affection for the state of Ohio and for Ohio State from LeBron and his family. And I'm not saying that Bronny's just doing that because he doesn't care what the basketball is. He's just going to come to Ohio State regardless. I'm saying you can, all, you can see the reasons why Oregon is in on him. You can see why Ohio State would be, and you can see why USC would be. I hope that he comes here. I think that would be awesome for the program. And if you think that wouldn't elevate things further here, I mean, where do you think dad's not going to show up and watch basketball games wherever he goes? Sure. I'm not saying he'll make every one of them. He obviously has a career of his own to consider. But yeah, if LeBron can get to a college basketball game where his son's playing in it, he will be there. He will be courtside. I'm I'm sure he doesn't want to be a distraction, but I'm also quite sure he would want to see his son playing. So that in and of itself would be a huge deal wherever he goes to continue to say, if you come here and play at Ohio State, you're going to play in front of LeBron James. If you've missed anything from the first two hours of the program, we got you covered with the rundown. Coming up, Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. 
Good afternoon. Some slowdowns to watch out for. You'll find an accident in the clearing stages on the east side of I-70 westbound at Miller Avenue. Keep an eye out as that gets cleaned up. You'll also find some slowdowns in westbound 670 between Leonard Avenue and Neal Avenue. And more delays expected on the north side of I-71 northbound between Spring Street and 11th Avenue. This traffic report is sponsored by Vision Zero. Hey, Columbus, listen up. Driving just five miles over the speed limit costs lives. Slow down. Drive the speed limit and help prevent traffic crashes in our community. Drive safe, walk safe, bike safe on Columbus streets. Learn more at columbus.gov slash vision zero. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. Just be glad you aren't as stupid as these two. Oh, yes. This, this is Common Man and T-Bone. Look, far, far be it from me to tell somebody else what to do with their time. Okay. Right? Okay. But I saw that our guy, Cardale Jones, is back in professional football. He has a oh. new gig. All right. Now, the XFL is starting up, so I thought he had a new gig in the XFL, which, I mean, I can understand, but he's not going to the XFL. He's going to the Massachusetts Pirates of the Indoor Football League. What is that? It's, it's that. It's just what I told you. <laughs> okay, but I mean, is it, how many people, how many teams are in the IFL, I guess? Do we know? I don't know. Teddy can look it up. Uh, the IFC. Indoor, I'm looking at their website. They have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Looks like sixteen. Sixteen teams. All right. So Can you name any teams? Of course not. I didn't even know this league existed. When you said I independent, what is it? Indoor football league. Indoor football. I've never heard of it. Never in my life have I heard of this thing. Well, didn't uh, I feel like somebody else went to the indoor football league? Well, is that is that the one with all the neon lights and like you can pick the plays? Is that what this no, is? No, that's the fan controlled. That's football what I'm saying. League. I I know of that, but I thought that was like a huge joke that didn't even really count as football. All right, here are the teams in the indoor football league: the Arizona Rattlers, which I believe was an old Arena League team, okay. and when they folded, they went into this indoor football league. All right, the Bay Area Panthers, the Duke City Gladiators. Do you know what Duke City is? No, it's Albuquerque. I didn't know. Albuquerque is known as Duke City? I guess. Is that because everybody there is like, put up your Dukes? And they just like walk around the street just ready to fight at any time? I don't understand. The Frisco Fighters, which is in Frisco, Texas. Yes, that's like a suburb of Dallas. The Green Bay Blizzard. Okay. The Iowa Barnstormers, which was Kurt Warner's team, which used to play in the Arena Football League. Oh, right. Okay. The Massachusetts Pirates, where Cardale Jones is going to be. The Northern Arizona Wranglers. They play in Prescott Valley, Arizona. Okay. Quad City Steam Wheelers in Moline, Illinois. San Diego Strike what Force. What happened to you last night? I ran into a Quad City Steam Wheeler. I don't know what happened. They I'm still trying to figure it out. all over my chest. See, I was just trying to vaguely insinuate, and then you just flat on insinuate. What happened to the Blue Jackets last night? Oh, Quad City Steamers. Shat and Kirk all over them. <laughs> That is what happened last night. Yeah, it was. You're right. Sioux Falls Storm from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Tucson Sugar Skulls. <laughs> okay, right. I think I know what those are. Those are the, uh, like, in Mexican culture, they have those the skulls that you see sometimes decorated on various things in Mexico. Like, that's sugar. Those are called sugar skulls. But if you're not aware of that, it's a funny it. name. The Tulsa Oilers. Okay, yeah, like that's I'm actually sorry, it's place- called Tul- Tulsa Oilers Football. Is what oh they're called Tulsa Oilers Football Club? Maybe this is a Tulsa soc- Oilers maybe a soccer team. I just want and to be the clear. Vegas Nighthawks. Those are your teams. Oh, get out of here in the indoor. I'm on the New York Yankee men. 
Yeah, it's different. <laughs> That's so stupid. Vegas Nighthawks. You're the Vegas Knights. You can't do that. That's too close. <laughs> what are they to, trying to do? I don't know what to tell you. I'm on the Chicago Bull Riders. It's different. So Cardale so is uh, taking a break from hanging out with uh, NIL people. Mm-hmm. And he's going to go play for the Massachusetts Pirates. Pirates. Yeah. <laughs> he's, the, he's the name, image, and likeness pirate. And much, much like the Pirates that you would think of, their primary color is teal. So okay, let them live there. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't really know what actual real pirates would have worn, but I'm guessing teal was not an available was in their fabric. Thing. No, back in the day. No. By the way, I saw this is you reminded me of this with pirates because I don't know what real pirates are like. I don't know what they actually were. I know what like Captain Jack Sparrow was like. Well, we I know still what have pirates about. today. You know, well, that's what I mean. Captain right? Phillips and I'm the captain now. Right. We've seen that that can still happen. All, all a pirate is is someone who can take over a ship. As far as I understand it, right? Ship. Yeah. But I found this out. I saw a video that was saying that was talking about things that are in pop culture in movies that don't actually exist. And one of the things they list, like they talked about how people dying in quicksand. They said. To most historians' knowledge, no one quicksand exists, but it's usually like a few inches, and you just kind of like can get stuck in it, like your foot can get stuck in it. You have to. It ruins your shoe. Yeah, but it's not like no one's ever died in quicksand, unlike what you see in movies where it's like, oh no, quicksand, and everybody's like sinking in it. Another one was buried treasure, which you associate with pirates. Apparently, they said there are very few, if any, references to actual pirates that are known taking their treasure. And burying it. And they said the reason for that is, and this you may want to sit down for this logic, is that when pirates would get their, you know, ill-gotten gains, they would then use that money to buy another boat or live a lavish lifestyle. And they didn't just want to stuff it in the, you know, on an island yeah, somewhere. The, 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 pirates, the pirates lived paycheck to paycheck. Right? Yeah, they they used their they money. Drank they, their money away. And that's how they were able to stay pirates and have like Things to eat and drink was they would steal money and then have it and take it with them. Now, that's not to say there's not buried treasure. Now, buried, probably not. Lost treasure. Well, that's different. That's true because, you know, back in the day, let's say a government was about to be overthrown. They couldn't just move money into a Swiss bank account like they do now because that money that didn't exist back then. Sure. So they would take all their money that they stole or pillaged or whatever, and they would hide it thinking they were going to go back and get it later. Yeah. But later never came or they got killed and that stuff exists. But you're right. Buried treasure no. for pirates probably doesn't exist. The idea that like you could find treasure at the bottom of the ocean, of course, because ships that carried stuff yes. would sink and then they just sit there and it's it's there to be found. But the idea that there was a map with an X on it and you'd go and dig up someone's treasure, they say that was likely an invention of fiction. Thanks for ruining everything, Bone. I'm not ruining it. I'm telling you how it went. Does that ruin your life? Yes. Okay. Sorry. You know what ruins my life? The Pittsburgh Pirates. No? No. They they ruin everyone's life. Every single sport that I watch on TV. And that brings us to the rundown. Common Man and T-Bones. The Rundown. The Rundown. Sponsored by Mobile Center. Part of the 5G T-Mobile Network. So because I'm a glutton for punishment, I sat down, watched that entire Blue Jacket game last night. I know for a lot of you it was meaningless and you didn't pay attention. But, you know, Blue Jackets are playing an equally crappy team. I thought, well, at least I'll see them play inspired and get two points. They jumped out to a 3 nothing lead after the end of the first period. And then that was it. They lost the game 5-3. to three. 
to a team that's equally woeful in the Anaheim Ducks. Maybe the, I was thinking about this during the game. Maybe the most boring franchise in all of professional sports. Like yeah. their, their logo is nothing. Like I, I don't even, they don't even register on the radar. When they're good, they don't register. When they're bad, they don't register. Maybe that's how people think of the Blue Jackets. Well, I, I was no just going to say a lot of what you're saying outside of here. How like how many people do you think in name your town Dallas? Are when they think about the Columbus Blue Jackets coming to town, they're maybe, like, Ugh. maybe you're right. Now, maybe not because of they have Patrick Line and like if you follow hockey, you know that there's a few players on this team. But so what? But like, from a from a Blue Jackets perspective, Blue Jacket fan perspective, the only things that I think of when I think of the Anaheim Ducks is Quack Quack and Tay Mussolini. Sure, that's but it. I, I mean, I would say the Anaheim Ducks have a lot more of a cultural relevance simply because of the movie, not, like just. Knowing that that franchise in part exists and their logo existed and had a tie-in with a well, children's they'll make, movie. They'll make a movie about this Blue Jacket team. Oh, what will it yes, be called? Here, here's the plot line. Here's a plot line. So, uh, arrogant front office unexpectedly signs the biggest free agent of the offseason mm-hmm. in Johnny Goudreau. Yep. Expectations are high. But their coach is dumb. Everyone gets hurt. They play terrible hockey even when they start to get healthier they still play terrible hockey, but blame all the excuses on injuries. Yes. All right. They have this ridiculously bad season, but this franchise where nothing has gone right for them for over 20 years gets the number one pick in the draft to take the biggest game changer that we've seen in Connor Bedard. And then they get Connor Bedard, mm-hmm. but he never actually plays a game for the Blue Jackets because it turns out the offensive coordinator from Michigan, had naked childhood pictures of Connor Bedard on his computer. Oh, no. Right? And so offensive coordinator gets fired from Michigan. Connor Bedard is so distraught that his image has been out there, he decides to retire from hockey without even playing for the Columbus Blue Jackets. No, you you cannot make up a scenario that would shock me. Sound too with, ridiculous? Right. With, it could this, happen. With this Jackets team. Whatever or, would happen that should happen that would be right for them, that would be good for them, Will not work out the who's, way we who's think. Who's the Russian guy that they that they think is maybe even better than Conor Bedard, but he signed with oh, the KHL I don't team? Know. And, I forget. I don't know right. his name. So there's a Russian prospect who they think could be even better than Conor Bedard. I just said it, but he signed with a KHL team, which means anybody who drafts him, he won't get over here until at least 2026. That's our guy, man. So that's Yar- the guy Yarmo the Jackets will be will so end up with. super smart that he's going to take that guy. Knowing that now he's got a built-in excuse for the next three years, absolutely. Saying right. well, when my guy gets here in twenty, you go do the you go do the impression. Go when ahead. When we get our guy from Russia, yes. then you will see brilliance. Yes. Okay. So now twenty twenty six comes. This team's been terrible, but Russian guy is finally coming to save the day. Matvey Michkov. Good. That's the guy. He's my guy. Mm-hmm. But on his way to. To America from Russia, mm-hmm. he decides first to stop at the Russian zoo because there's one zoo in Russia, in my mm-hmm. mind. Right. Let's say the Moscow Zoo. He stops at the Moscow Zoo. He slips and falls at the Moscow Zoo. Everybody holds their breath. Mm-hmm. But then he gets up and says, I'm okay, just kidding, and then gets on a private plane to come to Columbus. The mm-hmm. last thing you see is him with two thumbs up saying, Unto Columbus! So he gets on the plane. The plane takes off, it crashes. Somehow, in the Moscow Zoo, flames everywhere. 
And you think, oh, no. The, the local news is like, oh, my God, no one survived. But miraculously, this guy, what's his name again? Matvey Machkov, I he believe. busts out of the airplane. He's unhurt. He jumps up and says, nothing can kill me. I'm to Columbus. But what he doesn't realize is that he's in the tiger habitat yep. Yep, of the right. Moscow Zoo yep. and gets eaten alive. Mm-hmm. That's, that's right. the Blue Jacket story. That's exactly what's going to happen. Yes, that is 100% right. I, I don't. I don't want to be as negative as this all sounds. What are you but talking about? What else are we supposed to get from 20 years of this Jackets team? And by the way, I don't think that's a, oh, this team is cursed. Far from it. I think this team, the ownership group of this team is inactive. I think they are looking at... Inept is what I was going to say. Well, either way, inept and inactive. Their inactivity in trying to make these front office types better is what is leading to this team consistently whiffing on young prospects consistent when they do get young prospects most of the time they don't end up staying here or they have to be played out of position because we don't have enough to cover them and suddenly their games suffer they don't play as well as they should all i know is yes if you look at the nhl draft board connor bedard listed as projected elite nhl player and he may be in fact he may be all of what they say he is and then some If he is drafted by the Columbus Blue Jackets, I feel like something will happen by our own ineptness and then some inactivity afterward, whatever, where he won't realize his full potential. I just feel like that's what's bound to happen here. See, normally when I watch Jackets games now, I just become numb to the entire process. I turn it off. I go to sleep. Somehow last night just really got under my skin. And I know it's for the best because you don't want to win games like that. You want to tank for Connor Bedard. But I just laid out to you exactly what's going on in my head. Even if you him. get ton- Connor Bedard, and there's no guarantee that you're going to, but even if you do, somehow it won't work because that's who we well, are. Well, again, we're getting way ahead, cart way before the horse. If the Jackets are the worst team, I feel like it's 100% guaranteed. The lottery will not favor them, and yeah, they you're, will you're not right. get the number one pick for a guy who then probably is a can't-miss prospect. That's how that'll go. Common Man and T-Bones, The Rundown. The Rundown. Sponsored by Mobile Center, part of the 5G T-Mobile Network. The NFL wants to crack down on faking injuries. It is not going well. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Still watching that serious accident on the north outer belt of 270 westbound at I-71. An accident blocking the two right lanes. Traffic is bumper to bumper and still continues to build. Emergency crews remain on scene in this area. At least a 20-minute slowdown is expected. Might want to avoid this if possible. You'll also find an accident on the east side of I-70 westbound at Miller Avenue. It's blocking the right side. This traffic report is sponsored by Safe Auto Insurance. Safe Auto Insurance is for uncompromisers. With savings of up to 25%, you can stop compromising and keep driving. Get a free quote today. Savings vary. Term supply. Safe Auto Group Agency. Incorporated. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. The show that will tickle you stupid. This is Man and Bone. Tool of the week is coming up at 534. Send in your Twitter tools now at Man and Bone 971. Your chance to win fabulous prizes. By the way, Mike, you know one of my favorite things on Twitter right now? What's one that? of my absolute favorite things is if you follow the Pro Football Talk account, you get some wonderful gems like this. Patiently waiting for the connection to Kansas City from Minneapolis. The flight attendant no-showed, and they're waiting for a replacement. That's not very interesting. Maybe someone could try to pretend a regular dog is a service dog. This is, again, Mike Florio 
is sitting on a plane. I thought I said yesterday <laughs> that I never want to hear his name on the show. Okay, again. I'm sorry. I you got to put money in the jar. How about because instead of, I'll just use his initials. MFR says <laughs> on now, you know what? Talk, that is what we shall call him. MFR said on his official pro football talk like if your account says I'm MFR in West Virginia in a barn dot com whatever like if that's your Twitter handle then go right ahead and tweet about whatever you're doing on this day MFR but instead you're tweeting from pro football talk have a separate account people follow pro like that's like if I was tweeting hey I'm at a park and it's fun yay from the fan account you didn't follow the fan account for that you followed it for Ticket giveaways and goofy promotions and things like that. You did? The point is, I don't know. If you the follow the is, fan account, unfollow it. <laughs> the point is, that's not, like, I work here, but it's not my personal account to just post whatever I want. Same thing with this. You don't post stuff, I don't think, maybe I'm stupid, you shouldn't post stuff to Pro Football Talk's official account, Mike Florio. I know you created it, but you shouldn't post there if it's your personal stuff. Sorry, MF or my bad. I screwed that up. All right, put more money in the jar. Uh, where is the jar? Doesn't physically exist, okay. but we're, we're, ment- we're mentally put some keeping in a jar. Got it. Thank you. Uh, the NFL wants to cut down on players faking injuries so much so they have started fining people. Uh, Saints defensive end Cameron Jordan was accused of faking an injury by the NFL. He was fined fifty thousand dollars. His defensive line coach Ryan Nielsen uh, was fined fifty thousand dollars. His head coach, Dennis Allen, was fined $100,000, and the Saints franchise was fined $350,000. That's a lot of money, and that's a lot of fines being handed down. The NFL says, we have proof that this guy was faking an injury, and it was a culture by the New Orleans Saints, and so we're fining everybody. Well, everybody appealed their fines, and the fines weren't reduced. They were totally eliminated. (laughs) So they all Great. won their, everybody Great. won their appeals. Great. So look, I'm not saying the NFL's wrong for trying to crack down on this. Clearly they know this is going on. They think it's affecting the product. I get it. That's their job. But perhaps you should be sure that you can prove it before you start fining people well, and organization tons of money. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they will get better at this so they won't have as many of these where they appeal and they instantly get taken away because they say, oh, I guess we were wrong or we don't have enough proof. But let me just encourage NFL fans who are listening, I being one of them, who maybe say, that bothers me that these guys are getting away with cheating. How about try not to let it bother you? (laughs) Because I don't know the NFL, like let's say they do come up with some better effective rules on how not to do this. They will. There will be another thing that coaches, players will all figure out. Like, hey, we could actually do this though, and it allow us to, you know, get away with something some other way. I, I'm try. This is coming from someone who loses his mind regularly on these airwaves about various little inadequacies in sports. But we're going to have guys go down and lay on the ground and grab their ankle or grab their hamstring. And then medical staff are going to have to come check out on them. They're going to come off the field and five or six plays later, they're going to come back on the field. And I, there's no, I don't know what they could do outside of biomechanically scanning everyone. Every time they walk on and off the field, like, how would you know if the guy comes in and is like my hamstring hurts, but I stretched it out and now I'm going to try to go play. Is that him faking an injury or is that him being extremely tough? I have a cramp. 
I don't know Pro- how. Prove that it's how not. How do you prove that do it's you, not? You can't. You can't. So I'm saying instead of us all freaking out every time it happens, just go, oh, that guy's faking an injury. Well, he's, he's using strategy. What? Why do we have a problem with that? But we don't have a problem when a coach who has a timeout left, two seconds on the clock, his team's up by two, other team's getting ready to kick a 47-yard field goal, and that coach will stand right next to the ref and hold his hands in the T symbol, but not put it together and right as they're about to stab it, it'll go, timeout, timeout, timeout. Well, he didn't legitimately want a timeout. He doesn't want to discuss anything. He's just trying to get that kicker off his game. Yes, he is. It's strategy. We don't have a problem with that. But we do have a problem with the guy faking the injury. I get they're slightly different, but in the end of the day, they're taking a rule that exists and exploiting it. Are they not? Yeah. For the benefit of their team to try to win. So you can either let that bother you or realize they're never going to fully police that out of the game and just make peace with it. Uh, here is uh, some tidbits for you. Florida okay. Gators have released quarterback Jaden Rashada from his national letter of intent. This was the guy who thought he was getting a $13 million NIL deal with the Florida Gators. Yes. Uh, got there and realized that was not going to be the case. I guess this collective didn't understand Florida law. Because oh. I guess Florida law says, look, these guys can you know make money because it's national Letter of intent? Well, not national letter of intent. It's uh, name, image, and likeness. Okay. So they can go out there and they can sign deals and they can, you know, hawk products on Instagram if they want to. But you you can't sign a multi-year contract with a collective. That's against Florida law. Oh, really? You can't guarantee a certain amount of money over a four-year period. And I guess that's what this was. A four-year, $13 million deal. And so they tried to work around this and say, well, we can... Do this other thing. And he said, no, I'm not interested. You you guaranteed me $13 million over four years. You know what? If you're not going to do that, then you have to release me from my commitment. Is he wrong? He's not. He's not I mean, wrong. I'm, no, I'm saying like you could not like the system. You could not like that that's what's happening. But if someone promised you $13 million, you're like, well, that's why I'm coming but, here because I wanted that $13 million. And they said, well, now we can't contractually guarantee you that. I don't blame him for saying, no, well, then I don't, I don't know if either. I want to play here. I guess I'm more surprised that these collectives that are handing out millions of dollars and signing contracts don't know the laws of their own state I in which be, they operate in. I would be if I didn't know who ran these collectives. But now I do, right. and I realize, oh, yep, that makes sense. Checks out totally. So anyway, he's gone. This is, uh, he's a 2023 guy. So he's got to find a place before February 1st. Well, no, he doesn't. I don't think. February 1st is just the official official signing well, that, that's right that's right can, that's when he the, can because like that's when the next signing period opens i want to say like tp didn't trail prior not you're right, sign you're exactly so right. i think he can sign later but to your point but team's already ticking right well, this guy was going to he was going to report to campus and then he was on campus no no well yes but he hadn't he didn't actually go and enroll in classes and so when he didn't enroll in classes everyone was like why did he not do this and then it came out it was because of this failed nil deal well, then the deadline did pass for him to enroll in winter semester or quarter or whatever they're on. He can't enroll in classes. So let's say he does circle back and say, ah, oh, you know what? They're going to give me some money. That's good enough. I like Florida. I want to play there. Well, he can't now enroll until the summer. So he would miss out on if he had enrolled in classes, then he can do all the winter conditioning stuff. Right, right. He can play the spring game. He could do all that stuff. So, yes, the clock is ticking on him in a way. What's also odd about this story real quick on three, one of the you know big recruiting sites, they have a collective or a, a name, image, and likeness database. What they estimate people are worth based on their star ranking and where they would play and how yeah. soon they might start. They have his nil believed value at like five hundred grand. 
So like people are, I don't know how good those numbers are because obviously Forbes does numbers on how much an NBA team is worth. And then those numbers are laughably wrong when an NBA team sells. But let's say those numbers are somewhere around what's roughly the right number. Let's say he's worth twice that a million dollars is what a, a, a player of his caliber would generally get at most schools for NIL. $13 million was thrown his way until a law prevented it from happening. That might be the bigger story here is that how out of whack are these collectives yeah, with perhaps. what is actually probably a realistic return on investment? Tool of the week is next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident blocking the two right lanes in the north outer belt of 270 westbound at I-71. Still working to get this one clear. Emergency crews are on scene and traffic is stop and go. You'll also find some slowdowns on the east side of I-70 westbound at Miller Avenue. An accident in the clearing stages blocking the right side. This traffic report is sponsored by Ace Hardware. Are you a team player? Ace Hardware's West Jefferson Distribution Center wants you on their team. He says CDO truck driver positions available. Don't miss out on the chance to drive for one of the best companies in Ohio. Ace Hardware also has excellent benefits. Apply today at careers.acehardware.com. I'm the array with fan traffic common man and t-bone present tool of the week are you ready i'm ready are you ready oh i'm ready best tool of the week according to us gets a 50 dollars gift card to conrad's conrad's the buckeye state store is now open at 71 west rock road in Westerville. Zola the Pola says, my guy. I love some Dickens. <laughs> my tool of the week is the woman at the farmer's market who held up a line at least six deep for over five minutes asking the vendor about their eggs. Are they organic? What do they eat? Where do they live? Etc. She never even bought anything, but eventually stepped aside after she got the vendor to text their boss and awaited the reply. Wow. Hashtag straight to jail. Wow. That's just, you know, we're living in her world, baby. Doesn't matter if people are waiting. She's got to ask her questions. Mm-hmm. That's right. Nate says, my tool of the week is Buckeye basketball apologists. St. Peter's won the same amount of tournament games last year as Chris Holtman has during his career at OSU. Oh, fair point. Jeff's Gentleman's Sausage says, my guys. Polly is Spartac, baby. My tool of the week is Ted for snubbing my tweets the last three weeks. Do you hate Gentleman's Sausages, Ted? Well, do you? Embrace the gentleman's sausage, Ted. Embrace it. Right, put what? that one in. There you go. That one's on here. But now you know. Teddy does hate gentleman's sausages. Mm. That's fine. That would be a great joke, though. Hans Gruber's brother says, My crew. Fine, fine, fine. My tool of the week is the 20-something at Town Hall in the short north in charge of the music. I don't want to pay $15 for a burger and have to yell at the top of my voice to my wife because Taylor Swift or Kanye is blaring like a jet engine. Stop it. Yeah, I, you got to make sure the volume's at a good level for conversation. That's just basic being a DJ rule number one. Uh, Luke says, my guys. The basket. Aww. My tool of the week is the guy who walked into my work, coughed into his hand, wiped his nose with that hand, then handed me wadded up cash from his pocket with the oh. same hand. Uh, gross. And that's a reminder again why cash is awful. <laughs> Like, cash is king. Cash is also contagious, for what it's worth. Jordan Spieth's skis, says my guys. My tool of the week is myself. I've gone full degenerate gambler. I'm making 10-game parlays on colleges I've never heard of. Last night, I even made a woman's parlay, plus two hockey ones. Help me. P.S. I'm also addicted to Kino. All right. Again, the number is 1-800-GAMBLER. Yes, 1-800-GAMBLER. Call the number. Yes. 
Uh, and if you do gamble, use the bar, Barstool Sportsbook. We love Barstool that's Sportsbook. That's what we use. Yep, that's right. Uh, Phil says, my tool of the week is at Goodman Hoops. Who's that, Jeff Goodman? Jeff Goodman, yep. For tweeting a comparison of Holtman's tenure at OSU to Mata's last two seasons at OSU while ignoring five Big Ten titles, two Final Fours, three Elite Eights, and five Sweet Sixteens in Mata's first ten seasons at OSU. Hashtag GTH. He's not wrong. Uh, Team Money 72 says, my dill de Roonies. I drank the special sauce for him one day. My tool of the week is Common Man and T-Bone. As a loving listener of plus 50 hours a month, plus minus 50 hours a month, but lots, lots of hours. This show has not used any of my tool, would you rather, WCW, what's WCW? Wildcard Wednesday. Oh, okay. In three months. How? Hashtag over 36. I swear I've seen his name on tweets before that we've we've said. Okay, maybe not. I'm sorry, Tony. we, we We just did it to you. There you go. Sorry about that, Tony. We didn't mean to. Why is this segment turning into why don't you use my stuff? I don't know. I We got a lot of people listening to this show. We're trying to get to everyone who can't guarantee we'll do it every time. Uh, Krampus says, my guys. I had my own in my mouth the other day. <laughs> my tool of the week is the guy who just sprinted into the bathroom stall next to me at Home Depot. He took a loud, wet, nasty dump while breathing heavily. Mm-hmm. It sounded like he might have wiped but he definitely didn't wash his hands. GTH. Can I tell you, if the descriptors of this show were loud, wet, and nasty, I'd be okay with it. I'd be 100% all right with that. Uh, Austin says, my guys. Which seat will I take? My tool of the week is T-Bone for killing my post-happy hour mood, which was well-deserved and needed, for telling us about a love zoo animal being killed by an outsider of said zoo. Thanks for making Friday suck. From a Columbus Zoo season pass holder. Well, I'm sorry, Austin. I was just bringing you the news. My bad. Joe Burrow's Burner says, My tool of the week has got to be this idiot on the road the other day. The worst thing in the world is finally driving home after a long day, and some idiot is going 25 and a 45 on a one-lane road. Then you finally get past and see that they were on their phone. Uh, I'm sorry, Burner. Mm, not good. Uh, Urban's Little Meyer says, My guys. Ah! Uh- Ah, ah. My tool of the week is myself and my apartment complex. They tried to charge me an extra 40 bucks monthly for parking. I found a loophole in the renewal papers, so I signed it, but asked them to clarify it. They realized I found the loophole, so they voided the lease papers I signed. Oh, so if you hadn't found that, they would have held you to it. But when you find their mistake, oh, hey, these signatures don't matter. We'll just start over. Good. That That's really not good. Mitch! Says my guys. I will rub one on my face. My tool of the week is my friend Grant, who added a weird specialty pizza that no one wanted to a group order, then was the only one that didn't chip in to pay. To quote the little Nero's delivery guy from Home Alone, you have to pay for your pizza, sir. 100% right. And also, if you're adding in a weird order that really no one likes but you, I think you should pay extra. Because that could have been pizza that everyone else would have enjoyed if you'd have just let them order, like, another cheese or pepperoni or whatever. Uh, Melanie says, my guys. Your tongue has to feel the filling. Yep, I agree. I don't remember 100% that percent agree. I know what he's talking about. My tool of the week is someone's boss. Something is due next week. And one had a meeting with their boss for this thing. Boss changed the meeting time a week ago 
then asked to change the meeting time again to outside of work hours on a Friday. Hashtag not cool. No, that's that's not good. I'm guessing this is her boss. I'm, I'm guessing someone's so. boss, but sure, yeah. got it. Uh, Michael says, "My guys, I've got to find a slot before the end of the night." Me too. My tool of the week is Common Man's mom. She really needs to cheat to beat kids at rock paper scissors. Yikes! Well, yes, she does. Well, she has put it all problems. out there. I have to see mom tonight. I'm so excited. Play rock paper scissors with her if you don't mind. Uh, what is this? Thirteen AGC. This is whatever something. Okay, bunch of bunch of letters and my numbers. tool of the week is the Ohio State University and its promotion of the women's basketball team. And by promotion, I mean absolutely nothing. That team is too good right now for a mostly empty arena. They need to lean into the team more with the men struggling. Yeah, they're getting better. There have been a lot more uh, people coming out to those games in the last few weeks, but I think you're going to see a big crowd there on Monday night with that Iowa game rolling in here. That should be pretty good. BG says, my dolls. She came up and kind of slapped it and touched it like that. I am my tool of the week for not throwing some cash on the Ducks plus 850 money line after the first period. And for thinking this team would hold a three-goal lead, scrolled right on by, and I hate myself. Hashtag fire everyone. You know what? That is an excellent point, though, because I often forget that you can go do the live betting. And you're right. If there's a game you really think isn't going to go that way, it's it's not a bad play. Uh, Frothy Girth says, My tool of the week are all three of you for not remembering Mike's throat herpes. Hmm? He does sound different in all the flashbacks. But the one with Timmy you talked about this week, I'm fairly certain, was when Timmy was there for backup in case Common Man's voice crapped out. Uh, oh, yeah, I remember No, were... that's not the same show. Uh, no, no, I'm saying I remember when you were having voice issues and throat no, issues. I, that, that's but that's not, what, that's not what caused your voice to sound the way it did. But no. I, I appreciate the thought provided there, Frothy. Thank you. Uh, what is it? I can't say this damn word. What is the... What are we looking at? Which one? Taint. Oh, perineum. Perineum. I keep wanting to say perineum. Well, maybe it is perineum. I don't know. Uh, Perineum Itch says, My tool of the week is both of you, the man bone. If you were able to shoot candy out of your navel, the other one would be on their knees, lips smacked against the other's belly. Absolutely right. Sucking that sugary goodness out of there. There would be no cutting it off or different sizes. Hashtag just sucky. (laughs) Well, we had said yesterday that we could shoot. We wanted to shoot M and M's out of our uh, belly button. No, somebody suggested that. Yeah, and then I said, I don't know if we said that on the air or off the air, but I said cow tails would be an excellent one because it'd just be a constant stream. Yeah, and you didn't have to decide when you want to end that. I right, pick a winner. Cut it off. Come on, uh, Phil, who had the Jeff Goodman as his tool of the week. I think da, is a great tweet. Da, 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 da. Good job, Phil, Phil gets a fifty dollars gift card to Conrad's. Back page coming up. Common Man and T Bone on the fan. <laughs> Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for heavy slowdowns on the north out of belt of 270 westbound at I-71. Still watching that serious accident blocking the two right lanes. Heavy wrecker and ODOT crews are now on scene. They are working to get this one clear, but traffic is bumper to bumper. You might want to avoid this if possible. This driving report is sponsored by Ace Hardware. Are you a team player? Ace Hardware's West Jefferson Distribution Center wants you on their team. Ace has a variety of warehouse positions and shifts available up to $19.25 per hour plus incentive bonus. Ace will provide excellent benefits. Apply today at careers.acehardware.com. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Buckeyes Show coming up at the top of the hour. The fine host of the Buckeyes Show, your friend and mine, Timmy Hall. Hello, Timmy. Oh, Bone Man. 
Happy Friday, guys. You got a full two hours. Who's with you tonight? Me and Tyvis will be hugging by segment two, I'm sure. You're going to do a deep dive, I assume, on this Buckeye basketball team. How deep do you want it, want it to be? I really want deep? Colonoscopy is what I want. All the way in. Yep. All the way in. And out. I want it a hose to go in and clean everything out. That's what I want. You want it like a uh, like a jet spray? Mm-hmm. Or like a power wash setting type of deal. That type of clean out? Yes. I mean, I just want whatever will find the issue. So if you could get to the bottom of it tonight, no pun intended, if you <laughs> what, could just find the issue out, and though, then let everyone know, yeah, right, that'd be great. I, what do I do you have when Coltman's we figure number? it out? You text with I just him. just text it? Your buddies with him. Well, you could text him. Or, I mean, and I'm just spitballing here, you could mention it on this giant blaster of a radio station to put it out there into the universe and maybe it'll get back to him that way too i don't know i'd say we have a reporter coach i'm even though i'm not a reporter i guess i'm like a a, a talk show host that is coach relationship yep. that's okay. really the extent I've, I've never been invited to a barbecue or anything like that if that's oh, what you're imagine wondering if, do you, do you, you have been. do you have his personal cell phone number in your phone a little thing called you'll see no i know the answer to that <laughs> and the answer is yes <laughs> All right, but to be fair, Timmy, you cover the team. There are other reporters who certainly have the same Absolutely. type of relationship yeah. with coaches. Well, imagine and there's many subjects they cover. That's how that works. Look, I do the I do the pre and post game for Buckeye men's basketball. So yeah. that's that's where that comes from. I still get on here. I come on here every night, and we we share our takes and our views of this team. We try to keep it real with everybody, and it is what it is right now. Bone, I don't. I'm sure you guys talked about this on the show already. I'm not predicting any win against iowa already i've already had people no, clapping back at me i said he they're is. gonna you said yeah are you taking it to the bank no 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 way <laughs> but something's gonna happen tomorrow <laughs> what's gonna happen <laughs> what's, what's gonna, gonna happen? change what's I'm gonna just change saying, i may or may not have signed up to DoorDash fran mccaffrey's dinner tonight <laughs> oh I and see. so maybe <laughs> he's gonna have the lava i don't on saturday I, morning i don't know mm. <laughs> if you're looking at him tomorrow saying fran looks like he's got the squirts you can you can be sure that Common Man delivered the food. Fran is trapped in his bathtub with the shower curtain draped around him right now. Although the team may play better if Fran doesn't show up. They're like, oh, thank God, this guy's not here to abuse us during the game. <laughs> well, true enough. Just screaming at him all the time. All right, what's coming up on the Buckeye show tonight? More of that. We'll start getting into this Buckeye football team and things that we want to see, maybe the top two or three things we need to see in spring football besides the quarterback battle and a little power five coming your way at the end of the six o'clock hour where I think I'll go back to ranking some of my top players of the Thad Mata era because I was doing that on Twitter this week. And Patrick Murphy for some beers and Buckeyes at 633. Big two-hour Buckeyes show. And then at 8 o'clock tonight, two of our salespeople get together for the Joe and Amber show. So listen to that on ESPN Radio. Back page. <laughs> the back page. The back page. With Common Man and T-Bone. Sponsored by Care Heating and Cooling. When you need a company you can trust, call 1-800-COOLING. I, I wish I could <laughs> photograph Timmy's face where he looked over and was like, really? They're doing a show? And then it dawned on him that it's just, we have two salespeople who, that's their names. That is well, the I mean, show we, on well, ESPN. We got Scotty Vegas hosting every other show now. Right? I know. I don't know what's going on. I know. Right. No, that is, that is the ESPN radio show. It's just called Joe and Amber. But yeah, that was. Who is Joe and Amber? <laughs> they work here. No. That is a you'll see. That's and a you'll see some. for sure. Oh my God. It's uh, Joe Girardi. 
And it is? Amber Heard. Amber Heard. Yep. That's Joe Girardi doing and Amber Heard? Yep, that's the show. That's a duo. That's does, that's she, a duo. does she dump on his pillow? Yes. I don't know. We don't know. Yes. No, you have to wait and find out. That's Again, you'll see. Uh, 13-year-old girl has been taken into protective custody by Nebraska State Troopers after leading them on a 100-mile-per-hour car chase with an 11-year-old boy in the passenger seat. Uh, this ch- pursuit lasted roughly 15 minutes. This was on an interstate that leads from Colorado, I-80, goes from Colorado into Nebraska. It was 9.30 p.m. local time earlier this week on a Monday where the trooper spotted a Nissan Pathfinder driving th- about 35 miles an hour on I-80, not fast enough, and then blew their lights on, tried to track them down. The speeds got up over 100 miles an hour at times before the troopers were able to stop the vehicle and then they found it, it was driven by a 13-year-old. So they said that's not great. Uh, they ended up finding also in the in the car, uh, I believe they found a, a loaded firearm, a small oh. amount of marijuana, and drug paraphernalia in the car. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, not allowed. To, if you're thinking, is that like the learner's permit time? No. That's just someone who was 13 got a hold of a car and started driving and got chased by police. And uh, also, totally different thing. Fallout Boy has signed with Fueled by Ramen. They are putting out a new album coming out uh, just a few months away, March 24th. First studio album in four years. It is titled So Much for Stardust. Mm. Big Fallout Boy fans over here? Any of you guys? I think, think they're good on the radio, but I've heard some people say that when you see them live, quality goes good. down a little bit. What's you that like- lead singer's name? He's got a funny last name, doesn't he? Mm. Isn't Pete Wentz in Fallout Pete Boy? Wentz? Yeah, Pete Wentz was one of the guys in Fallout Boy. Pete Wentz. I don't think that's the lead guy. He's your quarterback for the Commanders. That's right. You'd rather have Pete Wentz than Carson Wentz. Pete Wentz probably has a decent right arm. I don't know. Yeah, let him him go out there and see what he can do. All right, this segment sucks. Let's move on. Uh, Buckeye Show is next. (laughs) What's the matter? I just can't help it that none of you guys know any of these bands. We got to get to 8 o'clock for the Joe and Amber show. I got to hear it. We got to hear it. We're in the way. Buckeye Show's standing in the way. We got to get it over with. (laughs) Buckeye Show's next. We'll see you Monday. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Still watching that serious accident on the north out of belt of 270 westbound at I-71. This crash blocked the two right lanes. Keep an eye out for the heavy wreckers and ODOT crews that remain on scene. And on the east side of I-70 westbound at Miller Avenue, there's an accident blocking the right side. It is in the clearing stages of plan about a 15-minute slowdown. This traffic aboard is sponsored by Fresh Dye Market. Get real fresh, real low prices at your local Fresh Dye Market. This week, save on a full dry pint of blueberries, just $1.99. Now through January 24th, get real. Have a great weekend, folks. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. It's a fan action update. Let's take a little look at the current futures market. Starting with the NBA, the Celtics are the favorite to win the NBA championship at four to one, followed by the Bucks at six to one. In college hoops, the Houston Cougars are the favorite at plus five fifty, followed by Kansas at seven fifty. And head to the NHL, the favorite is the Boston Bruins at five fifty. For your action update, I'm Scotty Vegas. From the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD1 Columbus. The fan.